internet, do I talk first or do you talk first? I, I talk first. It's, it's the mask. I don't. I don't know. This is the only podcast about Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. My I, name is Matthew Kroll, and I'm Shahir Dad, and I can't believe we're still doing this. Yes, and with us to close out this epic foray into a galaxy far, far away—that almost rhymed is the wonderful television producer, comedian, writer, John Friedman. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Welcome, welcome home. Oh, yes. Chewy. Chewy. We're home. You're home. How that's very Little backstory. Gotta sure. Get, gotta, come on, Crawl. Uh, give us the Friedman, backstory. Friedman uh, was nice enough when he moved out of this apartment where we now sit doing this podcast uh, to uh, hook me up and get me a meeting and get me into this place where I live now. Right. So so this used to be my home. That is true. So, right so in this scenario, you're the Han you're Solo. You're Han Solo. Right. My cat is probably Chewbacca. Right. And you're Daisy. Watch the spoilers, though. Oh, this no. The non-spoiler section. It's true. We've already broken our own <laughs> rules. Okay, what are the rules? The, um, we have new rules, guys, because new movies, a lot of times, especially with The Force Awakens, the spoilers... It's only been out a couple of days. And spoilers, people get mad. Oh. As they should. As I think, they should. I think As people even get mad if you say there is a spoiler now. Right. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, when I'm dealing with a fast car, I don't really want a spoiler. I think it makes it look too cheap. Uh, but when... Uh, uh, but no, no, is that what we're <laughs> talking about? No, 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 you know. no. I'd rather so, okay. hear that than an actual There we spoiler. go. Just talks about... When someone says spoiler alert, it should just be information about spoilers on cars. Uh, or it's better to hear that. There, you know, I don't necessarily <laughs> want to, but I'd rather hear about a car spoiler. So for the first 10 minutes, we're not going to give away anything, and we'll let you know when we start to. We're just going to talk about the film in general terms, uh, in beeps and boops and droid. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Now, before we get into that, uh, also, if you wanted to get in touch with us about The Force Awakens, Star Wars, remember we have done six episodes of this so far. I don't remember. Six brutal, brutal, brutal episodes where we went through the prequels. They were wonderful. Uh, A New Hope, uh, Return of the uh, Empire of the the Sun. Oh, my God. Uh, Do you want to run through? uh, (laughs) What are these movies called again? Do you want to just tell us what the movies are in the Star Wars universe real quick? Go. Empire of the Sun. Empire of the Sun 2. And Return of the Sun. (laughs) Here comes the sun. Okay. But get in touch with us at OnlyMoviePodcast at Gmail or hit us up on our Twitter at OnlyMoviePod. We have a Facebook page as well. Uh, Guys, this is going great. This is going great so far. (laughs) Not tired at all. Friedman. Do you mind if I call you Friedman or you prefer John? Um, people do call me Friedman often in my life. All right, Friedman. It is my last name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your Star Wars history, bro. My history. Yeah. yeah. Like, how did you come to Star Wars? How big a fan are you? What's your okay. What's your Star Wars? I'm a huge fan. It's my number one franchise. Number one franchise? Number one movie? Number one. Yeah. I mean. Which one? Well. There's a new one now that has entered the fray. Dun, dun, dun. So I can't. It's too soon to be like, this is my favorite one. Because that would, if it was, if it was this one, this is saying that this is your favorite movie of all time, right? Which That's is heavy. not. <laughs> I, I can't say that any individual Star Wars is my favorite of all time either. Right. But this is my franchise. This, this is, is the one I connect to. This is the one I grew up with. Right. And I, how do, I was born in 1977. Right. So. From day one, it was in my face. <laughs> yep. From day one, um, you've never been alive when it hasn't been around. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so it's just been a part of my life, uh, my whole childhood. Um, yeah, it's all the toys, the whole culture of it, everything. It, it surrounded 
my life. Do you have like a? Force. I know. <laughs> did did you have a definitive moment where you like realized like oh this is Star Wars? Like I know it's hard to do because it is, it is has been around you forever. Do you, was there a particular moment where you're like okay I'm I'm no I remember playing Star Wars here or like oh I'm pretty, definitely yeah, well, I yeah. remember playing Star Wars yeah I was thinking about it today knowing yeah. I was going to do this yes I have a clear memory well I have a lot of clear memories but. I remember the uh, our friends, family down the street, they were moving. It was one of our first, like, friends that were leaving town. Mm-hmm. I grew up on Long Island. Um, and they were having a garage sale. And my brother and I bought all their Star Wars toys. They <laughs> sold their Star well, Wars toys. They were <laughs> moving. They were moving again. Did their mother hate the, hate the kids? What was happening? I, I just know that my mother loved her kids. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty young. I must have. It must have been before... Jedi mm-hmm. yeah. in between. Uh, so I was probably like five or so. Sure. And we got the Millennium Falcon. We got, they sold a Millennium yes, Falcon. I, I, yeah. You're <laughs> more shocked that they sold it. I was <laughs> more shocked that we got it. Yeah. Oh my God. Because we, could, we couldn't get it. I don't know. We couldn't get it new. I guess maybe too expensive. I don't know. It's not yeah. like. We and it might have like, finished its run too. I don't know how. It did, we yeah. just. That day we were like, can we get this? And it's like, yes, we can get this. That's amazing. <laughs> so we got a bunch of toys and. And the Millennium Falcon. I remember getting like, I guess it must have been after Jedi because we got like a, no, that was Empire, like a Dagobah yep, type yep. thing. Right. Uh, yeah. So that was a, a childhood thing I remember toy wise. But we always had the toys, always played with the toys. G.I. Joe took over for a little bit, but then it always go right would go back. back to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And what about movie wise? Like what, which of the, which are the ones you revisit, you know, do you revisit all the time? Like how often do you watch that yeah, one? Yeah, I would say on average, um, every two years. Every two, well, you do all six? Or no, no, no. I, the prequels uh, don't exist to you? They don't. I'm very, <laughs> very angry at them. I saw them each once. Uh, and never again. Well, I saw them twice. Yeah, I gave them another chance. Sure, yeah. and that's only fair. Yeah, and I had that. It's just there's this feeling that comes over me. I, it just, I just don't feel right. Nothing. For a white guy, you've turned red all of a sudden <laughs> in this room. It's, I don't know if I'm making sense to people, but like, I, I just didn't. I don't feel right when I'm watching them. Something it's like is there's an off. imbalance in the force. Yes, exactly. It's just off. It's not right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. The dialogue doesn't sound right. It just does not feel right, right. at all. So, that, I, well, I think that's a good segue because how does how does the Force Awakens feel to you? It feels so right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. It. I feel it was alive like slipping again. into a like a, an old glove. Like yeah, not that really you would was. find an old glove it on really the ground and put it on. But anyway, absolutely was from the first frame of that first teaser trailer where Stormtrooper, who is this guy yep. without a helmet, yep. pops up. I, it just felt right again. I was like, "This something about this feels really mm-hmm. right." Yeah. Although I was kind of tricked by the uh, Phantom Menace trailer because that that trailer was awesome. great. Yeah, yeah. So I was cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. the whole time. But having seen the movie twice already, um, oh, it's so right. It's a Star Wars movie. It's a Star Wars movie. I wanted and I needed. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Anything specific like you want? You know about it that you that you really responded to. Uh, just the, that same feel, you know, it just had the right feel. This felt like a Star Wars movie and just the music, uh, which is such a huge part of it yeah. for me. Is I mean, it's iconic. Music. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. The music to me is, is, is a character. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, who's your favorite character? I want to list the music. Yeah. That. Um, it just, J.J. Abrams just handled it so well. 
uh, all this criticism over all the years, I guess he was listening and <laughs> listened to the right people and made a nice Star yeah, Wars movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, Shahir, uh, well, I feel like, uh, what, what, what did you think, buddy? What, what, how did, how did you feel in general about this film? Well, we, we've talked a lot about my feelings about Star Wars. Your favorite movie ever. <laughs> okay. Moving on. But, but the one thing I would say is that read, you know, doing these podcasts with you, which, which were brutal for me, just the prequels, um, Gave me a new respect for for um, a new hope. I wasn't. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. We've said this many times before, but but rewatching them, I was I was taken by the charm and world of a new hope. So I got a. T- uh, I wasn't going to see Star Wars um, until like probably a month from now because I've just had a baby and I have no time in my life. But a friend, <laughs> a friend uh, called me and said, "Hey, I got a spare ticket," and I decided to take him up on it. That's and a friend. It is a friend, and and I sat down and I realized I have I had zero expectations, absolutely no expectations of this movie. I hadn't watched the trailer apart from the initial teaser, mm-hmm. um, and and I and this is what I will say about Star Wars for me. I forgot about the movie pretty much within twenty minutes of walking out of the theater. Um, you know, like it didn't sit with me for very long. But that's not to say I didn't have a good time while I was watching it. Okay. Uh, I found myself getting bored pretty much at the 40, 30, 40 minute mark uh, when the the machinations of the big plot started taking shape uh, with uh, with some spoilery elements, which we'll go into later. Sure, sure. Um, and I would describe, if I was to give you my one... My 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 ten word uh, review. It would be if this is any more or less than ten words. We're, we're <laughs> shit, uh, I think I've already gone over ten. God nope, damn it! It starts now. Okay. If you love Star Wars, you will like. I don't. Uh, oh, he did it. <laughs> so basically, he's saying if you don't like Star Wars, you won't like. Which it. is a very Dude. small population. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got him. I was. I like my extended review is. Um, We're not getting there. Can I say mine? Wait, hang on a second, dude. All right. <laughs> My 10 word review is the same, except ends with and, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is the most expensive fan film I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That's your more expansive mm-hmm. review, yeah. as you say. <laughs> keep in mind that you just had a baby, so your perspectives are a little off. <laughs> yeah, if there's no like milk on screen or giant boobs, I'm not interested. You're done. Yeah. You're done. Wait, are you a baby? I'm confused now with this analogy. I wish I was a baby. Uh, it'd be very much easy. Um, now, I um, let me. I, I need to before I sort of give my overall thing. I kind of want to tell the story of how I saw this film. I too have seen it twice. Wait, you are you going to do a ten word review as well? If you want me to, by the end I will. But let me do my other one first. I feel you voided the ten word review. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't make a challenge to myself. Let's just put it that way. Uh, no. So uh, it was a company Christmas party Friday night, and it was lots of drinking, lots of drinking, lots of drinking. Went till about La-dee-da. two. I missed it. Sorry, I missed two fifteen. I, I know. To be there. I know. Yes, I have a, a valid. We get it. Do you have a doctor? Do you have a doctor's note? Kind of. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so was it to go see? Was it go see the Force Awakens? Yes. Yeah. It no. wasn't. It wasn't. Um, well, me and my friend Tina from work decided, hey, it's 2.15 in Manhattan at night. In uh, the morning. And, and in the morning. We're shitty, shitty, shitty drunk. We should probably go see Star Wars in Times Square. Really? She yeah. had seen it. I had not. Wow. We went. Uh, we got there. 
I remember the opening crawl and being so fucking excited and then seeing bits and pieces of it. And then like, by the time I was out of it, <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> I came out of it thinking like, yeah, it was good. But like, man, like the way it just, it felt like the continuity was all over the place and the pacing was shit. And I was like, Oh wait, no, that's not the movie. That's me. Like I was in and out of consciousness to the point where there was a dude behind me kicking my seat. Were you and, snoring? No, no, no. Uh, and but he didn't mean to because I turned around to like almost thank him for kicking my seat. And he's like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I was like, oh, no, no, you keep. It was the only moment where I like didn't like a that someone apologized at the movie theater for kicking your seat and B that I didn't want him to stop. Um, but then I went back afterward. And, 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 and at first I was a little bit bummed. I was like, oh, man, my first experience with this film was kind of tainted by by booze and, and <laughs> blinking yes. and sleeping and whatever. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, and seeing it in 3D. Uh, it was the only ticket yeah. there at the time. Yeah. Um, and drunk in 3D don't mix. But <laughs> I actually really, really, really am glad I did it this way in a weird fucked up sort of sense because it took all of the pressure off of the spoilers. Like I hit the major points that, that the movie is like the when people say no spoilers, the things they're talking about. Like I knew all of them after going to the movie because I was awake for them. Just I don't know if preternaturally <laughs> I knew to be like, nope, I'm here. Uh, but then when I saw it again last night, I had I, I could just sort of. And maybe you can tell me if you had the same experience, uh, Freeman, with, with the second view. You've only seen it once, you hear, right? I've only seen it once. Uh, the second time, I just like it felt so good and relaxed and just an amazing experience in the theater because I'm not caught up with, with oh my god, what's going to happen? Who, where, why? I can look at the minutia. I can look at the fun things, that, like the the minor character interactions that really do make the things that make the original trilogy great. This movie does a lot of as well as far as character interaction and script uh, and. We'll talk about all the things it borrows and whatever in a little bit. So my 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 full review is, um, I, I am I'm thoroughly impressed with it, um, and and I and obviously everyone should see it. Everyone is seeing it. Um, I feel there's a but here. There is a but. Uh, only because if I'm going to give like, for instance, like, and I, oh, look, am I going to bring it back to Marvel? If I'm going to give Age of Ultron a couple different pieces of shit, I feel like, and that in the Avengers is like my holy grail. Uh, there's a couple little things that I feel like were done wrong or done for the wrong reasons, just in my humble viewer opinion, uh, which we can get into later. But it's so fucking fun. And I don't want that little caveat to, I, I mean, my 10 word review would be it's so fucking fun. Go see it more than once. Boom. I think Look you counted it. fucking as two, <laughs> two words. words. Oh, so you got you, one word left. Ten syllable review. <laughs> <laughs> one word left. Booyah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Wait booyah like, two words? No, it's a, dash, <laughs> it's a hyphen. And I was going to be like, to make the noise of a lightsaber. I'm like, that's not a word either. I was like, oh, man. It is today. Um, no. no I, th I think that's a, and I, I don't want to like take away, like my impression of the film to take away from the fact that it is a lot of fun and it's very, very but well we, made. It is well documented that you hate fun. I do hate fun. I have a mug. Uh, by the way, thank you, Matt Kroll, for my Christmas present, That's which no is problem. a mug that says, Shahir, I hate fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's your quote. I put your quote on the thing. And I let's think not quote. forget about my opinion, which it was fun and amazing. Right. Right. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we get into, should we like break it? Down? Well, do you, I want to talk about spoilers. Can I please just square, share a very quick story to make something worthwhile that a happened to me? hundred percent. Thank you very much. Okay. You don't have to ask. Just do it. Yeah, yes. yeah. I just didn't want to take up too much time, no, which no. I won't. We got all um, the time you want, son. I'll do the very fast version of this. I 
was very concerned for about two or three weeks about like my seat and how I was oh, yeah. see this. That's <laughs> fucking huge. Yeah. Obviously spoilers. I wanted to avoid all of them. So let me just start by saying pe- when tickets started going on sale, I was just like, I'm staying away from this. I'm going to go maybe a, like a week after it starts, uh-huh. see it, uh, no stress, and just sit down and watch it. That was my plan too. It's amazing how, how a movie can make you stressed now with spoilers yeah. and everything. Oh, yeah. like, of course. So stressful. <laughs> I mean, that's so, pretty much what you were talking about, man, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it was. Um, so uh, I saw tickets were available. People were saying like, wow, people are reselling them for thousands. This is crazy. You can't get them. You can't get them for weeks. So I was like, let me just see. Let me go on Fandango. Maybe I can buy my week out one now. <laughs> So I could at least go somewhat soon. So I, I opened Fandango. Not a sponsor of this podcast, by the way. Uh, no. Or they but can if they, be. they you want to be. be. Not yet. Be. <laughs> Email anyway. us at onlymoviepod at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. So I open up this movie app. and uh, <laughs> Generic movie. <laughs> and it's right there for opening day. So I click on it. I just wanted to see all the sold out, sold outs. And it, it didn't say sold out. So I click on 7 p.m. Thursday. Uh uh, December, whatever, was that 17th. Open, was that opening night? This is the night before opening night. The oh. very first showing there is in New York City. How many tickets do you want? Four, I don't know, four? Maybe I can sell two for thousands of dollars. <laughs> four, add to cart, process, and I just bought four yeah. tickets for yep. opening night at 7 p.m. So here I am. Did you sell them for thousands of dollars? No, I, I had them. They were <laughs> digital in my phone. Right. So I couldn't even be tempted to sell them by the dark side. Yep. See what I did there? I did. Um, so I had these tickets. Then I started getting really concerned. Like, oh, no, I have to get to the theater like 10 hours early. This is going to be crazy, but it would also be great. It'll be a great experience. I can, I could be what I used to see on TV, the big lines in 1977 and all yeah. that stuff. I can experience this. No matter what it is, it'll be, it'll be great. I invited my girlfriend, my brother, and my sister-in-law, the four of us. Yep. We're going to go. My brother and I obviously grew up together watching it. So... Skip ahead to the day of. Uh, it's the morning. I only have the four in my phone, so I can't, like, give the tickets out. Like, meet me there. Right. I, I'm, like, the, I'm going to the... go early and mm-hmm. save a spot online. Please come early, too. People are going to be mad about cutting and stuff. Oh, yeah. Just concerned about all of this. So This sounds very stressful. <laughs> I get up early. I go to the theater to try to print the tickets at the machine. That way, like, here's your tickets. I'm going. Leave me alone. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I go there. I print them. It's, like, 11 a.m. at this point. And, uh... I leave the theater and a line is already forming. There's 11 a.m. 11 a.m. for 7 p.m. So I'm freaking what out. What is wrong with people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I freak out a little bit. Like, oh, no. Do, do I have to get on line now? Or by the time it's 5 o'clock? And this is how lines are formed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you see a line like, right. I got to oh, join fuck. this. <laughs> exactly. So, uh yeah, one time I was forced to sit in the front row of a movie, and That's I was like, awful. I'll never do this again, mm-hmm. and I can't have it be for this movie. Of course, yeah. So I go back home, uh, you know, take a shower, uh, hand out the tickets that need to be handed out, and I'm like, I'm just going to go back and get online, because I'd just be thinking about it at home the of whole course. time anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to experience no, this. I am 100% in your head. That I is exactly like how I think. Survivor, when they do those, like— uh, those long tasks where they have to stand there for hours and mm-hmm. hours, like use your inner reality competition show and <laughs> prove that you could be on one of those shows. So I get there. The line isn't too long. I'm, I know I'm guaranteed a good seat standing there. And this is Thursday. Uh, not that it matters when you guys are listening to this, but it was a cold, rainy day. Sure. Mm-hmm. As I'm standing there, the rain starts to pick up and eventually is pouring. Ugh. So here I am standing on line, pouring rain, freezing cold. 
the line grows by about four or five people for hours. The line does not grow at all. (laughs) So I, this is the long story, short version. I waited on this line for hours, got soaking wet, wet underwear, wet socks, (laughs) wet pants. And they let us in like, all right. You guys that were waiting online, go get your seats. Sit down. There's about 600 empty seats. I didn't need to wait online at all. Is is the, oh. is the and, and I'm soaking wet. And and what about the people that were coming with you? Did they save the, they save seats, seats, seats for them? Stressed out, like people are gonna be mad. They're, my brother's like, no, they're not. And he was right. So you um, saved four seats. I saved four seats. Three seats. I, I hate it when people. They do got that, there like I would have been pissed. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of people were. Yeah. It, no, every the. The people that came to the showing, give them credit, very respectful yeah. Good yeah. people. So I saved four seats and they got there at 10 to 7 and we watched the movie. I was soaking wet. They were all comfortable. <laughs> wow. So I well, wanted to tell that now it makes it a little more worthwhile. Of course. Well, you, you, you theoretically suffered for, not even theoretically, like actually kind of legitimately suffered, suffered for this yes. thing you love to do. Yeah. Did, even if you didn't, I mean- I, I'm no Yoda, but I think there's something very, uh, very force-like in nature in doing that. Even because, it, more so because you didn't have to, right? <laughs> and I was online with super fans. I didn't like join in their discussions, but I sure. just sat there quietly and listened to their enthusiasm. Right. One guy at one point like tapped me on the shoulder when I was shivering, <laughs> and said like, "This is worth it, though, man. Right? This is worth it." And I was like, "Yes, it is." Uh, so it was cool to be amongst yeah. those people who are all suffering there for no, <laughs> for yeah. no apparent well, reason. Well, I think that the ticketing, the ticketing in general of this of this film, um, man, it uh, it 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 blew up like the news story of it, like crashed the internet and like yeah. all that shit. And then like I even looked because I was just curious on the day of. I was like, I wonder if in my hometown, like I didn't even check New York. I figured New York was done. Yeah. So but on I, the day yeah. of, I checked my hometown theater, Cinemagic, in mm-hmm. near next to my hometown in Merrimack, mm-hmm. New Hampshire. And uh, I was like, oh, let's just see if there's stuff available. Every showing had <laughs> tickets and like decent seats. So and I was you, like, you, you know, it's not like this was hyped by any chance by by a studio wanting to sell tickets by, you know. I mean, I <laughs> I don't know of any company that would do that. That, but would, no. that would put out false but no, news I have a, I have a, I have a theory. I don't even think it's a false news story. I think tickets sold out super quick. Mm-hmm. Then theaters are like, well, fuck, we got more screens. Yeah. So they put it on all the screens. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many people that go to the movies, no matter what the movie is. And I think this movie kind of capped it at that point because... They, they, I guarantee you, there were certain shows that were sold out, but I bet. Well, you- no, it was completely sold out. Every single seat filled. Right. I just didn't need to get there. Of course. Seventeen hours early. But what I'm oh, saying is, I gosh. think the fact that they added so many theaters, yeah, uh, basically levied the fact that if you wanted to get your tickets months and weeks in advance, that's cool. And if you wanted to buy it that day, you could still. And do you it. have your tickets on your phone, digital. You don't need to show up that early. You just show up with your well, ticket. And the results are in. Uh, as of December 21st, Star Wars The Force Awakens is the number one opening night in history. Brum, 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 brum. Uh, taking over from Jurassic World. Oh. Uh, opening weekend, sorry. Uh, and uh, with night. a total domestic box office of $288 million. Wow. At the weekend? Uh, as of December 21st. So that's a, that's a weekend in a few days. Monday as yeah. well. Oh, okay. I think uh, it I mean, broke a, the, a Monday oh, well then, record. Well, then fuck it. Opening weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, is this right? Opening weekend, $247 million. No, that's right. Yeah. Jesus. So. Uh, so, they're going to make another one, guys? Uh, is uh, that going to. Already shooting. Is it. that going to happen? Um, no. I mean, look, I. Actually, here, real quick, because then we have to actually have to do the crawl and then actually do the 
podcast about the movie. But uh, do you do you like? I'm just curious in your in your in your cinematic. <laughs> You're uh, curious brain. about my bullshit opinions. Yeah. Uh, which did you like better? Did you like Star Wars: The Force Awakens or Jurassic World better? Ooh, that's a tough one. Both movies I've completely forgotten. <laughs> so wow, <laughs> you're a bastard. I I think I think Star Wars: The Force Awakens is a better movie than Jurassic World. Okay, yeah, I, I would I, agree. Yeah, I would go. I would go go with that. And I like I said, I didn't not enjoy my time in Star Wars. Um, but okay, yeah, yeah, you, you don't care. I, no, so I just want to know <laughs> yeah. that. I like sometimes short answers from you. I just yeah. want I want to hear what you. I want to hear the bullet point. Okay, uh, so. Is it time? It's time. Oh my god, I'm so excited about this. When the, when the, when the Star Wars crawl happened in my voice, in my head, I heard your voice doing it. And I like I literally I imagined you behind the speakers shouting this at me. Yep. And I was uh-huh. and I think it, for me it was the best part of the movie. What would you, if I was just sitting behind you actually screaming <laughs> in the theater? I think that would have been the best. I think you should walk around narrating my life. But this is hey, <laughs> in the crow that's, crawl. That's fine. Uh but yeah, so this now picture this uh ladies and gentlemen at home. Picture sitting in the theater and you just hear from directly behind you someone yelling the crawl in this voice. Episode 7! The Force Awakens! Luke Skywalker has vanished! In his absence, the Sinister First Order, all caps, has risen from the ashes of the Empire and will not rest until Skywalker, the last Jedi, has been destroyed. With the support of the Republic, all caps again, General Leia Organa leads the brave resistance, all caps! She is desperate to find her brother Luke and gain his help in restoring peace and justice to the galaxy. Leia has sent her most daring pilot on a secret mission to Jakku, where an old ally has discovered a clue to Luke's whereabouts. And then the Force awakens. Indeed it did, or will, soon. And just so you know, safety's off now. Spoilers are game. We are going to be talking about every little detail, and we can talk about anything from the entire Star Wars universe. So if you haven't seen any Star Wars... You should I, probably not listen to this. Yeah, probably not. Or that crawl that just played before <laughs> we gave this warning. Uh, the crawl, I would argue, <laughs> is fair game. It's fair game. Yeah. It's a crawl. Uh, <laughs> Great crawl. I love the crawl, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was opening solid. sentence, Luke has vanished. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. I, I will say, out of all the crawls, this was like probably the most succinct. Sure. Like it gave me just the amount of information I needed. It has that problem, which is that things are happening before the movie starts and I'm kind of like had, yeah I'm kind of always wondering ah oh, what what maybe that's a movie right there you know like what just happened but, and you know they're doing Rogue One now which is exactly that sure but the difference with this crawl versus say the the ones even in the prequels or even uh, mostly in the prequels but somewhat mm-hmm. in the in the in the yeah. regular ones too those have moments in them that don't you, like you're like wait what how did that happen okay we're yeah. reasoned by this okay whatever but the whole basis of this crawl is the mystery the crawl sets up. And that's why it's like Luke has vanished. Yeah. Right. That and this whole crawl is about what's happening while he's gone and what they're doing to find him. So I, I it's not like as as weird as like the hit, the the insidious Count Dooku has taken right. the Senate and yeah. done some bullshit, right. and you're like, who the fuck is Count- <laughs> yeah. General Grievous? What the fuck is happening yeah, right yeah. now? That's why that goes into like the feel. Like the when I first saw that yeah. Phantom Menace crawl, I was like, wait, wait, what? Can Taxation. You rewind for a second. Yeah. What is happening? But this was 
Every sentence was, was perfect. It was very. Plus, I can imagine they spent a lot of time like yeah. going over this crawl, like yes. you know, line by line. Well, I sure took a long time to read it, <laughs> and it uh, was consistent to what was going on before the movie, in that Luke was never seen in any of the trailers. Also true. Yes. So to start with, Luke has vanished, helped all that, you know, speculation. Like, yeah. where is Luke? Why are we not seeing Luke? Yep. And then to immediately find out he's vanished. Well, was well, cool. shit. So, so here begins my problems with the. <laughs> With, with Here we go. <laughs> As the crawl rolled, I was like, "Wait, what?" No, it wasn't. It wasn't the crawl. But but the problem that I kind of have with the film a little bit is the stakes of the world, and and what I mean by that is thirty years have passed since the since the events of Jedi, right? So what? And the Empire has fallen. The Republic has reformed. Now there's this thing called the First Order. And there's still a rebellion floating around as well. What is Luke resistance? A resistance. What What is Luke's importance in this whole world? Like how you know, I, I'm 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 confused by how, and I know that the politics aren't that important in in this new trilogy. As we've learned, we don't give a fuck yeah, about politics. Give, but 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 at the same time, I'm kind of I was kind of like, wait, so what is happening here? Because because you know, like, so one of the most iconic images that came out of the teaser trailer is this battleship, uh, the Battlestar, uh, uh, you know, like Star Killer, Star. What, what are they called? Star no, Killer. Yeah. No, is that the big battleships that like were oh, was no, in the no, New no. Hope? The what big, are they? The new Death Star. No, no, not planet. the new. Are you Death talking Star. about the Star Destroyers? Yeah, the Star Destroyer. The, like one of the iconic images. Of the oh, Star when it's crashed on. Yeah, is a, yeah. a Star Destroyer like on? Uh, you know, like, so fucking cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> so a it's a cool. beautiful image, and I love the idea of our of our heroine Ray kind of like scavenging through it. But at the same time, there are Star Destroyers up above, and the First Order seems to have Star Destroyers. So. What you know, like, how does this world work? What is you know, like, has if the if if the empire fell and and all their technology went with it and and their their oppression of the universe went with it? How did the but first order? No kind one of, said their technology went with it. But then, where what happened on Jakku? I mean, I know because I read it. Right, uh, you've been reading like uh, intertextual material. Kind of. There's a there's a bit like the couple books that have come out, just sort of like almost um, not. But that's the movies aren't. It could borrow from that. It's not necessarily a blueprint. No, no. For... It, well, it kind of it, it is and it isn't. They were like not, not, not like children's books, but they're more like picture book. Like I guess they kind of are children's books. It talks <laughs> about like it talks like images and then what's going on. So like this is the first order. They did this. They oh, belong, literally from this. I believe so. Yeah. Oh, cool. cool. Um, and uh, the the. From what I understand, from my from my uh, limited knowledge, uh, is the battle like sort of like the last real battle with the Empire uh, after um, Endor? Yeah, was on Jakku. Yeah, and uh, that's where they finally surrendered and said, "Okay, no, we're going to sign treaties." Blah blah blah. And then there's a bunch of politics, which again we've stated we don't give a shit about. Right. Yeah, so, and the movie yeah. doesn't give a shit about. It. Right. Yeah, as it sh it shouldn't to no. me as a viewer. It was like, oh, cool. No, and this, I agree. All this stuff I agree. happened many yeah, years ago, 100%. and there's remnants. I agree. Of it it shouldn't, but it but it makes it difficult for me watching the film, not being a huge you know Star Wars right. fan. Is like, what is Luke's role in this universe, and what is Kylo Ren's role in this universe, well, the, the, and what is what is at stake here if this person turns out? I have this a two person part did. answer, but Friedman go. Well, my answer to that is we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. There's two more of, of this trilogy to go, mm. and the movie kind of answers that when when Ray and Finn are, are like, "Oh, I thought they were a myth," 
I thought they're real. That's all real. That's so. what I was going to say. So this movie, there's, 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 it's a double-sided coin, but you, we'll start with what you just said, Freeman, because you're absolutely correct. Luke and Han and Leia, but Leia is probably the most in, in the world, the mm. most like accessible in a weird way. She's yeah. now a general. She's respected. She's a figurehead of yeah. this entire thing for the last 30 years. Um, uh, what the what the difference is here is Luke and Leia and the Jedi, even though it's only been 30 years or so, well, actually it's been longer since the Jedi were a big thing. It's probably been about 50 or mm-hmm. 60. Um, but as we all know, I mean, this is in the real world too. Human history and, and memory is short. Yeah. Like, you, you know, it's funny. At first I was like, how can no one know what the fucking Jedi are? Like, this is ridiculous. And then I look back, I'm like, do I know any political group from the 60s? Like right. really other than like hearing the name? Mm-hmm. Like, can I don't you know. name the generals of World War Two? Can yeah. you name the generals of Vietnam? Of course, of course. Some people can, mm-hmm. some people can't. But most can't. can't. Yeah. But I, I, I think Luke in this world has kind of become like the Jesus figure, especially because, and they bring this up later in the film, how he started a Jedi Academy, then some bad shit happened, and he went into he went into exile for himself. Well, just like Yoda did, kind of. I mean, in longer form. And Ben. And Ben. So it's a it's a <laughs> theme. But also, this is where the coin flips. A New Hope does the same thing. It does the, uh, here's a real broad strokes of a thing and you're learning the stuff and we don't give a shit about the politics and they don't need to tell us about the politics or what's going on because it's the first one you see. Right. There's something about that. And this movie, which we'll talk about, borrows so much from A New Hope. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy it does. Um, but it borrows that same cavalier sense of, this is the world, right? Like mm-hmm. this is how we're, uh, this is the world we're setting up for you and you're just going to go with it. But the problem, and this is one of my minor gripes with the film, is that it's the seventh movie. Yeah. You, you, You've they, built the they, world. You built it already. And I know they're trying to do a back to basics sort of thing and they do that. Yeah. But if you're looking, if especially when in, in this day and age when continuity is law, like I, I it's it's weird. I I I, I don't want the geopolitical m- workings like really a ton of it, but like I'd like to know at least where groups stand closer yeah. to the beginning than we did. Yeah, Granted, it, but it, it it was nice finding out certain sort of things, and it made me honestly want to go on the fucking internet and research what the fuck and was going on. We still have two more movies, but, of course. But but compare. But again, you know, like the where we all started on this podcast is Mad Max Fury Road, and compare the way that that film builds its world up. So that you don't even have to know what happened in the last three movies. But Star Wars, that's an unfair comparison because Star Wars can't do that. It, it, it from a societal standpoint, from the fan base, it's trying to do it. It can't do that. I think it can if it was bold enough to, and if it wasn't really about servicing the fans. If the film was about making a good singular film, but then I they think, could do that. That but would I be think, the next one. Yeah, I, I yeah, they but, need to and, and set up and this get is my, things back on track. But this is my problem with Star Wars, and it's the it's. Well, the, you hate franchising. I yeah, I mean, I I generally do because I think it's bad for filmmaking. It's it's I I like TV when television franchises because television uses the opportunity to tell segmented stories, and, and it uses that opportunity to build big worlds. But when you when you're asking someone to sit down to watch a two hour film that you're going to really you're basically saying this is the complete universe of this film. But and, you're not anymore. So you're saying and, stuff that it used to be. Used That's to, the thing. And well, but the next film doesn't come out for another two years. So we're going to have to, you're, you know, sure. You're, you're but gonna, we've, we've, I mean, I, I, 
as a society, yeah. we've accepted that there are franchises. Star Wars is one of them, and we know this is happening. Like, and everyone knows it's happening. No one's going to see the Star Wars movie and be like, "This is the last Star Wars movie." Like, everyone knows that there's more. But, but in like what I would say is like in the case of something like Mad Max Fury Road. Nobody needs to know the world. You're thrown into it. And you know what the stakes of that world are. And you know what the world is. You know, and it, it sits up that world so perfectly to give you enough for that, for, for the story that they're going to tell. And I'm just saying with Star Wars and with the Marvel movies, and it is kind of all under this Disney banner, is that God there is... God bless you, Mouse. <laughs> there is, and I, I, brought, I brought up a Charles Bukowski quote about Mickey Mouse to, to think about, uh, you know, like the Disneyfication of... Of filmmaking, in of some course way. you did. Uh, well, Charles Bukowski, like one of his big things he rallied against was was Mickey Mouse, which he which he felt he, which he talked about being more popular than Shakespeare, than Dante, than Milton, than anything else in our society today. And he said, "It's the thing about Mickey Mouse is Mickey Mouse signifies nothing and has no soul." And that's what he was really annoyed about. And 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 I kind of think about that a little bit with Star Wars, which is that it's a fun ride. But it means nothing. No, but it does. It does, it? does. everything. It what does, does it mean? What is this? I mean, I think I'm in the middle, but you, Friedman, by all means, go go back. <laughs> well, what does it mean? Is that, that's uh, we need 25 hours. <laughs> well, no, but like, what did uh, with with Mad Max Fury Road? I walked out of that thinking about how we need to be brave and we need to always try to do the right thing in the face of the in, the world telling us to do the opposite, like our own instincts telling us to do the opposite. That was Max's journey in that sure. film. In Star Wars, I go, that was a fun ride. Well, if they made all three films into one film, you'd probably be feeling the same way you do about Mad Max. Right, but that, isn't that asking they, a they're lot? They're making a trilogy. They're but, so, starting but so, but so what does that do for this one film? It sets the world up. To so it's not a film as much as it's a sit-up. No, 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 no. It's both. Well, yes, mm. but but Mad Max, the 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 correlation doesn't doesn't sort of work because, well, it doesn't. It doesn't. I would argue that A New Hope, yeah, does the exact same thing Mad and that Max was a, does in world building. In the way it throws you in the middle, yeah. it's interesting enough to keep you along for the ride, and you want to learn more. Yeah, A New Hope does that exact same. And to be honest, I hadn't seen that a bunch since Star Wars, yeah. like the first one. Um, the 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 point about this one is you the way. And I know you don't like it. It's not that I don't like, remember. <laughs> no, I, no, no, I, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about franchising. You don't like franchising. You don't like. You think it's too much to ask an audience member to sit down at a two-hour movie knowing that there's four more hours coming. No, and I, what, what I get annoyed about okay, is from a, story, from a storytelling point of view, when people say, oh, we got this big thing coming, but just what, you know, like, we'll just hint at it here and we'll tell you about it later. It, it, you know, like, that to me is, like, tell this, make the film you want to make. Make the, the best film you can make, you know, like, right now. Don't, don't like, make your film be a preamble to another film. I, I, I... That, that to me always feels like, like, episode, you know, like, it, it always was Star Wars can get away with it because it always was that, uh, obviously, by calling yeah. New Hope episode four. It, it wasn't always, initially called it, it wasn't initially called episode four when they originally released it. it was right, just, right. You know, Star right. Wars. Right, right. Sure. Yeah. But the when point Empire is came this, out, did they turn it into five? Four yeah. Five? When they when they re-released them as well, they added the New Hope um, thing right. to it. Yeah. Right, right. And but episode four. This yeah. one obviously set out knowing we're going to 
follow that trilogy formula. We know, you know, in the brainstorms or whatever, the yeah. first one needs to tell this and that, story. And, but the initial name is episode seven. So you yeah. know that there it's episodic. And But like to your argument, I'm just trying to sort of piece it together. That's that's like arguing that a TV show in a series that's telling a full story, say, like Lost, some J.J. Abrams kick. Let's just go yeah. with it. That's like getting angry at uh, episodes not like if there's an episode that harks back to larger themes throughout the show, then you don't like it because why not just get to the large themes? Like, the no, reason- no, because, it, because television is designed as a series. So it's designed. But in, now in, movies in, so are. Yeah. And I think, and my problem is, is that this movie, the movie, the cinematic experience to me still requires a beginning, middle and end to be, to be completely satisfying. And, and I feel like, what we're getting in most in like the Disneyfication franchise sure. is we're getting beginning middle and we're always getting there's going to be a great story eventually. But I, I never feel like there's an like with the Marvel Universe, for example, I never feel like there's an overall design as much as there is. Well, there's one more and then there's going to be another one and then there's going to be another one and then there's going to be another one. It's not like we're we're here and then we're going to get to this and we're going to get to that. You know, like we're building towards something big. I feel like it's more. Oh, here's another one, and here's another one, and here's another one, and here's another one. And and I feel like that's kind of what's happening with this movie. I enjoyed the ride. I think, look, just getting it out of the way first off, J.J. Abrahams is- Abrahams. A- Abrams, Abrams. J.J. <laughs> Abrahams Lincoln. J.J. Abrahams Lincoln. J.J. Abrahams. J.J. Abrahams. J.J. Abrahams. Yes. And Lawrence Kasdan, the original writer from uh, Empire yep. and Return of the Jedi, yep. Michael Arndt, uh, mm-hmm. they do a bang-up job with this film. It is- slick it is well made it is entertaining they the you know the performances are great um uh this this has so much life in it right that 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 is missing from the prequels so you know off the bat i i'm hats off hats off for that but i'm just kind of like to me the thing is with with abrams right now is my favorite abrams movie is mission impossible 3 which i think i I enjoyed because I knew what the stakes were. I felt it told a story solidly from beginning to end. It didn't require uh, a preamble. It didn't require you to watch another movie. Okay. And 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 everything since then, his Star Trek, his um, uh, and now this, I feel is 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 franchise building. It's fran- and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But but if when you're asking me to sit down and review a Force Awakens. Can I review it unless I see the other three films? The Force Awakens. You know, like... Yes. Well, that's what we're doing. That's yeah. what you're doing right yeah. now. And your opinion is that since it's not complete, there's something wrong with it as a, as a standalone property. Is that what I'm... I just want to boil it down to a sentence. It's difficult for me to, like, enjoy a film which, which, which says to me, there's a lot of stuff going on here, and don't worry about it. We'll figure it out later. That's okay. that's what I find problematic. I, where where you find the thing I think where that, that you find that sort of fact problematic. I think, and I'm speaking for you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel that that's sort of enticing, almost. Yeah, to, and I didn't to, feel that way at all. I felt yeah. like, whoa, this is that world I grew up with thirty or forty years later. Yeah. Wow. Obviously, there's <laughs> going to be a ton of shit that we can't get to in two hours and some change with after thirty years. Of and that's nonsense. been consistent with all the Star Wars yeah. films. Obviously, there's so um, much. Yeah. So uh, we've been rambling back and forth about about the uh, the 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 value I should say of um, 
of sort of franchising and how Star Wars handled itself in the beginning. But let's go back to some of our previous guests. We have some some audio clips, Friedman, of, of previous guests on the show, uh, various Star Wars episodes, of course, and what they thought, real quick snippets, about The Force Awakens. And this first one is going to be from our good friend at Same Night Mood Review, uh, my partner in crime, Stephen Buja. Uh, let's listen to his overview real quick right now and discuss. Hey, Steve from Same Night Movie Review here with a few thoughts on The Force Awakens, having seen it twice now. It does hold up pretty well. You do absolutely see the seams of how this is basically a New Hope remixed, which takes away from its potential. It will never reach Empire because it's still basically a retread. However, that being said, it succeeds on just being a lot of fun. Lucas tried something different with the prequels, but they were boring and flat, and within five minutes of this movie, when meeting Poe Dameron, I'm like, oh God, this guy says a line that is wittier than anything anybody said in the entire prequel trilogy. The characters are great, if a little slight. Although, for shout out to Kylo Ren, who I think is basically Darth Vader the way he's supposed to be. He's Anakin Skywalker the way Lucas imagined him. And that's me. It's good. Go see it. Well, thank you, Steve, for your one-minute uh, review. Yeah, guys, so what do you think about that? He, he mentioned about uh, how it sort of borrows a lot from A New Hope and he about a lot of like how he enjoyed character work in, in the film and about sort of the wit that came back and sort of made Star Wars feel like a real place again. Right. That, that was the most important part for me. Star Wars is back. And for someone like me, I needed that. Yeah. Because the prequels just threw it so far and made me so upset. <laughs> yeah. That this just brought it back. I'm back. We're back. I, I agree pretty much with everything uh, Steve said. And uh, but but something he touched on, which was that the uh, the fact that the film feels like a retread does yes. hurt its kind of overall it's part and, reboot remake yeah. and new and and, it, and it, what he said reminded me about one thing that I one thing that I felt during the film which was nothing surprised me like nothing nothing that even even the biggest really really that when when Han Solo walks across that walkway I was like that oh, did no, no 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 at you, that look, moment yeah though. you know it then yeah. but you're not he's not buttered up from the beginning yeah but I but I also was not surprised by it and I didn't I I wasn't I wasn't like I wasn't leaning forward in my seat going, oh, my God, this is the here's, big, you know, the here's thing. Here's the difference. There's, there is a difference between shock and surprise. I had, I had neither. I. And, and, and it, I basically just felt like this was just things happening. What do you mean? Like, you know, uh, Han is just going to meet Kylo Ren and he's going to die and the story's going to keep moving. It wasn't like, oh my God, what's happening? Ky Kylo Ren and Han are in the same room. What's going to happen? I. It was like they're going to meet. He's going to die, and that's going to keep going. I, and I, then when the appearance of a Death Star, you know, like a new Death Star, and there has to be a new plan to like fly into it. 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 it because you've seen and you know a New Hope, you do feel like this is a a process that is just going to recycle itself. I agree with the recycling bit being a problem. The mm -hmm. the fact that this is the third giant planet killing weapon that right. they've done is is stupid. With a single weak point. Granted, they made it interesting because now it's like a planet and yeah. it's bigger than and the Death Star. it was a little more than a single problem. It required going in, physically going inside and planting explosives and and getting out out of the ship. It wasn't that's just, just the one shot into a hole. I mean, just, it is the same. That's just the, the mechanics of it. Right, it's, right. Of it's course, still the it same, is the same. same. Yeah. Which I thought about a lot too, but again, to me it was like, for this first one, it's all, let's just get back on track. Get the feeling. So it's okay yeah. with me. 
it's was funny. enough other cool. Again, new I stuff. didn't hate yeah, yeah. it, but I just you know. No, no, it's funny because when you sit here and you and you and you look at this film and you're like, well, yes, it's the exact same film as A New Hope. It totally is. And is that a slight to it? Yes, slightly, yeah. slightly. It is a slight. Haha. <laughs> but my one of the thing, it's funny. I run role playing games like tabletop role playing games. Yes. Uh, sorry, sorry, ladies, <laughs> I'm taken. Um, but but one of the things I'm writing a new one for a new group of people right now, and I found myself as I was writing it, basically doing. A, 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 a partial sort of rehash of my greatest hits, but mixing it up with sort of new things that I'd learned. Yeah. And it's funny. I was hanging out with Steve yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and I was telling him about it because he used to play my old games. And he was even like much like something that someone late, like he basically brought up that I was doing the exact same thing that I had kind of complained that this movie did. Right. And I, look, I, no, we all know at this table, new ideas are hard. Yeah. Tack absolutely. on, tack on, hatred for new ideas when you about a loved property that then got sort of a new weird sort of direction for it that everyone fucking universally hated i cannot blame a single member who was involved with the decision making on this movie yeah, to make this movie into basically a new hope remix i agree yeah. and it's setting up you know if the next one is the same as empire then i have a big problem sure but i feel like it's setting up to be something really new and original. Yeah, I in think this so too. World. Yeah. And with the Han moment, this is where I'm going to kind of fire back from from what you said before. So I, I feel like embrace myself. No, no, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like I I agree with everything you said except for the Han moment. And yeah. I'll go back to shock and surprise. Surprise is something that when a movie pulls it off, uh, and I think more movies pull off shock than they do surprise. Right. Surprise to me is something that comes out of left field so quickly I didn't see it coming ever, and it doesn't feel out of place. Right. Uh shock is I kind of knew the second that Hans, especially with all the foreshadowing and how this is a remix of A New Hope, I knew, oh, wow, the old guy's going to face a previous rival slash known person. Well, obviously, he's playing the Ben Kenobi role, and that's going to go. So I feel like, and just the sort of moment and the way it happened, and something that shocked me and I didn't like at first, but upon further thinking about it, is really great. The way they sort of treat Hans' death. Right. Mm. Gets he has that moment with his son. The lightsaber goes off, and he's dead. And he just falls right. like unceremoniously down a hole. Mm -hmm. And then, like you see, the people that saw that saw it happen scream the same way everyone screams in Star Wars movies when they see old people they love die. Uh, and then, uh, like Leia has a moment of like sort of falling a little bit down a little bit, and, like feeling it a little bit. And then it's just everything's moving so quick that like at first I was like, there should have been more references. There's, it's fucking Han Solo. There's two more references. There's the hug between Leia and Rey when she gets back. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And Chewie sitting alone, mm. sort of crying. Yeah. And then it moves on. Yes. So they, it's like no, they oh, hit all the points. Get this, but we don't have enough time. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I'm glad they didn't. Like, because here's the thing: Luke in this story is the myth. Yeah, Han Solo is, but he's like, not a myth. He's a, he's a tactile. No, but that's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Uh, Han Solo is known, but not in the same way Luke is known. Luke is known as a sort of Jesus-like heroic figure. Right. Now, Han is known by a lot of different things because he's been a lot of different Which things. They Even they out. point out, yeah. they're like, wait, Han Solo, the general? Oh, I thought you meant the, the, the smuggler. Like, right. the, no, Han's story is so splintered. He could basically be anyone in history that we heard stories about. But like, like I'm trying to think of an example. Like, um, uh, I was going to say that's not one. Here's a 
Oh, sorry, go. No, ahead. no, I'm just gonna say, but like you know, historical figures that you don't know. Like, sure, let's do this. Uh, we we were making Abraham Lincoln jokes before, uh, <laughs> or let, no, no yeah. let's even go back. Let's, George Washington, right? Yeah. We know he's the first president of the United States of America. But then, what what information are we given in general conversation about him? Oh, he had wooden teeth. Not true. Uh, he chopped down a cherry tree and couldn't tell a lie or whatever the fuck. Like, there's all these little sort of things. So I feel like. Like Han Solo is kind of that guy. He's like, oh, that's the dude who made the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs, fourteen or whatever the fuck. Right? Yeah. You know? Uh, oh, yeah, it was twelve, and she said fourteen. Yeah. So yeah, I did. I feel like that's where it is, and I'm glad he didn't have the Jesus send off. I'm glad he had the this is a loved person send off. Well, here's my question though: is what consequence to the story is Han's death? It makes Kylo Ren cross over. He needed to do that. To cross completely he's, he's over. He's now the true villain. He's going to he be. He was the villain to begin with. But he's going to he, be way more evil. He's going to be more villainy. He had, yes. No, no, no. Because he kept, even he, he made a couple references to like being torn at from sort of the light side of his of his soul or, or being or whatever. Like, he says, I'm being torn apart right there. Will you help me? And obviously the helping me is killing, is killing him. him to make the decision. Like it's, that's just the thing. Like, but, do, but, it's, but the same, it's the same shit. Like Anakin didn't become evil, evil until he fucking murdered children. But see, when Ben Kenobi dies in The New Hope, it's to it's because Ben Kenobi becomes a greater force in Luke's life. Right. Like when Han dies in in this film, it's to me it's of no consequence in the story whatsoever. He didn't want to die. This was Kylo's yeah, that's story. That's the thing. And Ben went in there knowing he was going to die. Yeah. And knew that it would serve the greater good, and then he could come. back I don't as feel the like Ky- Kyle is on Kylo. The, Kylo is on the fence about being on the dark side. He he even he's looking at Darth Maul saying, "I need to get rid of you know, like I need to be more on the dark side." So when he makes the step. But this is, this, the is darkness. This, this is the step. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like it's it's the same as it's in perfect example. Don't you hate fucking people that uh, just constantly talk about like, oh man, I'm gonna write this screenplay. <laughs> like I'm I'm totally I'm totally doing this. I'm gonna work on this show. Like oh, have you started yet? Ah, uh, not yet. No, but I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. These fucking pussyfooting motherfuckers that talk a big game and don't do shit. I'm one of those people, but keep going. <laughs> no, but you eventually do things. Like I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying like. This is the equivalent of putting your money where your mouth is. This kid's like, I really want to be on the dark side. But I he's really want to be killed th- people. He's already he fucking, hasn't killed. He's like fucking father. He's like a general in the in There's the first no order. Turning back after you kill There's your own father. No fucking turning back after. That. He's ordered the deaths of like but hundreds of people. Own- Father, and they they say, but that. it has no consequence. That the story. is the They're consequence. Like, the consequence of the story will. is now Kylo Ren has made full turn. He did full Anakin, Fully which took committed. three goddamn horrible movies he mm. did in one act mm. in a 10-minute scene in a film. You want to talk ever, about truncation? You want to talk about how you want did these you things to be shorter and more Did you like Kylo Ren could be on the light side of the Force yes. watching this film? When really? he, especially when he was talking to Vader's helmet. Like, I know he said, I'm going to finish what you started, but if you look at sort of that sort of sentence and that mentality, we don't know if what he's talking about. We his don't, devotion to Snoke or Snoke or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, his name's silly. Yeah. <laughs> No. Um, doesn't suggest to you that he I mean like I, I don't see any point in this character where he wants to be on the light side of the forest and you didn't see any point of Vader until the very end of no Vader wants to be like good the whole time until he suddenly changes what you know Vader uh, not Vader but Anakin wants to I'm be talking about the... Vader I'm talking about Vader Vader in the first talk t- about the prequels thing. <laughs> <laughs> Vader the prequels don't yeah, exist Vader Vader uh, was fucking pure evil through and through until the very end when the, his son and this is we could even this is even more citrical. You, the, he saves his son. He no, his son saves him. Yeah. His son makes him see the light side and whatever. And here, Han Solo, the only 
person but that has go, real oh, consequences on the done. story. I'm not done. <laughs> this has real consequences in the story. You're also be- talking about a completed trilogy when you refer back to the other one. There sure. are still two more films <laughs> yes, to see yes, the consequences yeah. so, of this. So this is the same thing. That just like there was that moment where Vader could pull back because his son was still there and become sort of a, a better person and switch to the light side sort of right at the end at least once. <laughs> Kylo Ren can no longer do that. He has stepped over a line that even Vader himself could not cross. Vader himself never kills Luke. But he does kill Palpatine. Yes, but we're talking about family. Murdering your family (laughs) and murdering different people in your life are two completely different things. Okay, all right, I got it. I'll remember that. (laughs) Remember that. So that's where I think, again, look, I'm not going to say this is the most uh, uh, brilliant way to tell a complex story of redemption or the inability to be redeemed. No, it's not. But in the Star Wars universe, especially because A, Han Solo is who we know. This is the other sort of interesting thing. Because Han Solo, as an audience, we know him, we care about him, we love him. He's a he's one of the greatest characters in cinema, in my opinion. And, and sorry if, if someone in this room, I won't tell you who disagrees. Uh, but but so we, as the audience, feel it just as much as like the 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 pull and the pain of sort of that feel it just as much as we we now know how much high of stakes emotionally that has. And now on the flip side of that coin. Kylo Ren has now been like, well, I've done the most evil thing I can possibly fucking do. There is absolutely no turning back. And then right. he immediately gets shot in the hip by Chewbacca. Right. Yeah. I do I do love that Chewie took the pot shot and just yeah. was like, fuck yeah. you. Oh, yeah. I, I always wondered why they couldn't take a pot shot. Like, this, the... the Hans did seem to be taking a while, and it was yeah. like there's all these no, people no, watching. No, because he's trying to yeah. he's trying to save him. Yeah, he's trying to save and him. There and there had to be shot. some shock. And, yeah. and also, it's a fucking action movie, and get over. It. <laughs> uh, but but I I I still contend that that to me there's no question about Kylo where Kylo is gonna go. Like th- to me, I never saw a, a part of Kylo throughout this film which which was gonna be on the light Even side. Even if of- you didn't see that mm. though, you see it in other characters. Mm. Leia wants Han to bring him home. They're talking about mm. that we can still save him. I, even Leia says something along the lines of I can still feel that there's good in him. She's attuned to the force. We know that. Even though again, we haven't seen that too much <laughs> yeah. throughout any of the movies. <laughs> they don't but it is Leia known. Once. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's my point is every even even if you don't see him and I saw little glimpses of it maybe through the other dialogue of the other characters but the other characters are invested in bringing Kylo home but there yeah and I just well I, I don't see what that's going to do for the story, which is driving towards Luke finding Luke Skywalker. It has nothing and, to do with that. It's a, it's a and, tangent and, story. And and it has no consequence to the event, the actions that are happening right in front of these characters. Like just because Han is dead, Daisy, you know, Daisy's still going to get home. Chewbacca's still going to get home. The fight, you know, like it has, it doesn't impact anything. It's just yeah. a moment for the audience. I disagree. But I, then think about it this way. Okay, Mad Max, when Furiosa gets shot, you don't know if she's going to live or not. That has no poignance to the plot or not they're still going to pull it off it's almost near the end everything's sort of fine with it and then you don't know when they're bringing her back whether she's going to live or die yeah if she lives or dies yeah it doesn't have any fucking to the overarching bringing the people to well the- no but Furioso is in charge of like saving these people but Max if she's there the whole thing like the, the whole plot like if your complaint is that his death doesn't have a, a motivating factor in moving the plot forward <laughs> there's other moments great moments in films that don't have anything to do with the huge big ass plot that's already so far in motion that it's not going to stop if one person dies that then it's just going to it's 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 a tangent story it's something that and can but, feed but, other characters later on in the film or films <laughs> and get us to a point where we need to go but furioso dying is the death of her 
of her mission. She she has basically driven the whole film forward to try and save these people. If she dies saving these people, that's the end of her story. But not the end of the story. That's my point. That was the end of Han Solo's story. <laughs> and the beginning and of the beginning, someone else's. And the beginning of a fucking evil fucktard. I think it has everything to do with the plot in that it, Kylo Ren is a main character in this film, right? Right. We yeah, are watching okay. his struggle in the beginning of the film. I, I just don't see that, his struggle. Well, he is struggling between, he says, I feel the pull towards the light. Help me. You know, he's struggling with the light and the dark. He he does have conflict it's in the, the film. It's the flip side of the- Up until yeah. that point, yeah. which is, a, to me, a major plot point, he's getting rid of that struggle and conflict by killing his own father. So- to me, that's going to have major impact on the rest of this On trilogy. films later down the line. The rest of this trilogy, yes. This <laughs> yeah. is part one of a trilogy. Yeah. So, so it changes To him. me, that Kylo Ren, the, his story in this is, is prequel-ish, not to compare to the other prequels, prequel-ish in his story. This mm. is his beginning, even though he has another origin story when he was younger, but this is almost like you get to see a little more than you're going to see. Like I, He's going to be more Darth Vader-y, I think, in the next one. Like his, his, if you look at his, his, what he's wearing, it's yeah. like ratted and like a scarf that's like torn and Space it's scarves. not, he's got dents and stuff on his helmet. But if he didn't kill Han sure. in this scene, do you think he would still fight Daisy later on? Do you no, think he would still, I think really? in that moment, he's either killing Han or going or home, going with, home him. with him. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. He's not going to be in, but he's like, you, well. You think for a moment, this is the first time he and Han have met in the film. Yeah. You think for a moment that he was thinking, I'm going to get out of here. For, I mean, but he, well, yes and no. Wait, There's audience wait, can, knowledge. Okay, okay, let's back up here. At which moment did you guys feel that? Wait, feel, feel what? Yeah. Feel that, that Kylo was thinking, I'm going to go home. I'm going to ditch this whole Snoke thing, and I'm going to go home. I never did. You never felt that. So no. you're saying if he never, if if he didn't meet Han on that on that bridge walkway, right. would he still go after Daisy? Yes. Right. Yes. So when he kills Han. But he'd still be conflicted. Between the struggle of light and dark. Yeah, and now there's no... At what point... I'm sorry, guys, but at what point point in this film is he struggling with light and dark other than saying it once? He says says it it three or four times. (laughs) But does he do any... We saw it twice, okay? (laughs) Does he do anything to like that suggests this struggle? Yes. What? Okay, I'm just trying to go down the list, but let's... So when he's on the... You know, he... Uh, when he's on the planet in the beginning and he comes out and he like basically what he cuts down the one of the people. He cuts the, down Max von Sydow's character. He kills him. Yeah. Yeah. So amazingly, by the way. Yeah. And then orders the death of everyone around him. Yeah. So again, these are people that are inconsequential to him, whatever. But then we see when he gets back onto the ship, whenever he gets sort of. I got it. <laughs> At that point, And ever since he left Luke's Jedi Academy or whatever yeah. the fuck it was, he's basically a rabid dog. Right. Okay. Rabid dog's not evil. A rabid dog is fucking pissed. And we see him like Vader, for instance, is evil because he never freaks out. He never gets upset and has a fucking temper tantrum mm-hmm. and fucking he did slashes early on, at- though. Early on in his transformation. Of course. But yeah. I'm saying Vader as a, complete- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Saying. as a completed evil being never, never did that. This character is a rabid dog and like lashes out at all sorts of everything, fucking computer monitors and anything that fucking mm. gets at him and whatever. And he doesn't, it's that, it's that pure, raw, emotional, I'm just going to react 
however I feel right now. And on a couple occasions, it does, especially when he's talking to to Han on the bridge, or even when we get there, mm-hmm. you sort of see that sort of like he becomes more of a person for a second and less of a just monster. And then he decides, as shitty as it is for us as a as an audience member to see Han die, that he's not going to do it anymore. And that turns him from rabid dog, re, just reactionary to now he in his own mind and in the sort of sort of zeitgeist of the of the story itself is now the ultimate sort of evil character. Okay, but in in everything you just described to me, is there a moment where you think Kylo is going to join Han or or defy Snoke? Snoke. Snoke. Uh no. No. But why why? I mean, the, because is, I is there because, ever, the, because is there the, ever a moment in any of these movies where you think the bad guys are going to win? No. Is there any moment in, in any of these things where you're like, "Man, Ultron's probably going to beat the Avengers." Like that doesn't mean it's not good just because I, I'm, you, again, what I what I'm it's saying shock, <laughs> it's between shock and surprise. And I had no shock and surprise in either in any of this, and I don't I feel like this was a moment for the fa- for for people who like Star Wars. It has no consequence to the driving forward of the story. I mean, we've just I, given you reasons why it does. You're arguing that it, it because it was telegraphed that it has no importance to the story. Whereas, I, no, no. What I'm saying is because there's no point at which in this film where I felt like Kylo was gonna ever gonna go to the light side, and I don't think the film ever suggests that there is any point that he will ever go to the light side. Even beyond that, even, sure. I'm like he talks a, he talks to Vader's mind saying, "I'm gonna finish what you started." He also <laughs> talks about forgive me, I'm having struggle with the light that's how he yeah he's that. having to struggle with the light which means he wants to be more dark sure exactly so, so he's his it's struggle is just when an luke, internal it's when luke had problems with the dark side he's having the flip problem but he's not he's not is there any point at which kylo we're offers talking, forgiveness or tries to help well, someone or saying, does something by saying i'm having trouble with the <laughs> light side Doesn't, when he is experiencing that trouble yeah is when he's having that conflict it's just like you want to talk about like an addict, like an addict's not going to constantly be like it's going to have a moment where they break and say, I need help. They're going to keep doing their shit until they break and say, I need help. Okay. Or they'll so, have a day like but, 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 we, this has gone on way too long. So I'm going to kind of take the reins of this and just say this as sort of a final thought. And, and please, yeah. you can chime in right at the end. It doesn't matter whether or not you didn't see that in the character in the moments we sort of did. Maybe that's coming from a, a place of ours where we're like, we want we love this so much. We're reading into more than what it would be to 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 a a person that's not as invested. But my point is it doesn't matter if we've seen that or not. You said the the point that I was truly arguing with, because I can't, you can't argue opinion is you don't see how Han's death has an effect on these overall story. Right. I completely disagree with that because that is the moment, whether or not you've seen it or we're putting inference on it or whatever, that there is no turning back for a character. When a character kills their father, especially in this universe, that means that's it. It's done. Transformation complete. Game over. I'm evil forever. And now you have to deal with it. And I agree. And I agree with what you're saying. Okay. But I just don't see that that transformation was ever a question mark. It doesn't. And I'm saying it doesn't have to be. Moving on. (laughs) We're going to go to Ivan's. uh, Ivan, uh, who was on. What episode was he on? He was on Uh, our Return of uh, Revenge Revenge of of the the Sith. Sith. Um, Man. I'm sorry, Ivan. What's um, Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, it's, it doesn't exist. Yeah. All right. Here's he hosts what... a podcast that doesn't exist either. Reviewed podcast. Check it out. Oh, it's, a, it's <laughs> the other podcast about movies that yeah. we don't know. All right. Uh, we do know. It's a good podcast. All right. Here we go. Here's what Ivan thought of The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens is, in a nutshell, good, but not great. It is definitely better than the prequels. Um, all the characters have life and emotion and the action set pieces feel like they have a vitality that was completely absent from all the prequels. Um, 
Basically, J.J. Abrams has brought energy back to the Star Wars franchise, and I really liked all the uh, main characters. I liked Rey and Finn a lot. I like how Rey is essentially a hybrid of um, Han Solo and um, Luke Skywalker, and I thought all the major set pieces really, really, really work well. I guess my major issues with the movie, and they're not really that major because I still think the movie's pretty damn solid, essentially J.J. Abrams is rehashing um, so many themes from the Star Wars universe, which isn't a bad thing, but I wish he had the courage to branch out just a little bit more. I'm kind of annoyed that the Empire built yet another Death Star. Like, you think that they would have figured out that building large battle stations that can be blown up very easily by small fighters would not be a thing this time around. In the end of the day, this is probably the best Star Wars movie since The Empire Strikes Back, and it's made good jillion dollars, so it really doesn't matter what we think anyway. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the other episodes in this series more, because I think they've set up an interesting base from which to go from. Alright, so yeah, he talks about another Death Star with a little minor flaw that a little <laughs> ship can find, which I get completely, right. but I don't think it will ever happen again. What well, if it does? What if I watch episode eight and it ends with a giant Death, Death Star, <laughs> a bigger one with another flaw, I might have... Some that that, very that will be the camel issues. that break the straw that breaks the camel's yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, but I'm I'm willing. But to third Death Star was cool. Like third Death Star was fine. You in were happy with movie, the Death Star in was, this film? I was okay. Nothing in this, any little criticism, nothing mm. made it a bad experience for me. And I think that's kind of what Ivan was sort of saying yeah. too. Is like he had some quibbles, but it wasn't too. And I like that was, word quibbles. It yeah. was part remake and part reboot to bring a whole new generation yeah. in, and to also, like I said earlier, just set things back of course. on track. Well, Ivan, thank you very much for your thoughts. And actually, it's funny we're talking about sort of rehashes and reboots. I mean, you can't talk about reboots, especially in this world, without sort of bringing J.J. Abrams sort of into the into the picture. He's kind of become what the I, reboot guy. He's the reboot guy, and he's um. I, I and again we've said this in the podcast before. I think he's a very he's a good director. Like he's yeah, a he's solid yeah. solid director. I love him. But yeah. I wouldn't. But I, wow, I love him. That's strong. JJ <laughs> um, Abrams, please call him. But again, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. And again, this is coming from me. Never made a major motion picture in my life. I wouldn't put him up there with the greats, so to speak. Like he is an excellent chameleon or sort of mimic of other people's styles that he does. Like. I was trying to think the yeah. other day, like, what, right to Spielberg light. what yeah. the exactly. fuck is J.J. Abrams style? I think right. I think he's Spielberg light. Um, you know, he he it seems like he wants to emulate that Spielberg thing. But this is actually, uh, you know, and this is going to sound contradictory to what I've just said before. But I'm I'm looking forward to the sequel, not because I'm interested in this world, but because the sequel is directed by Ryan Johnson. Who, who does that? Uh, he did Looper. Uh, he oh, did wow. um, the Brothers Bloom. He did Brick. He isn't. He is a director to me that has like a real passion and interest and capacity for telling rich, detailed stories. Is he doing Rogue or he's doing the next episode? He's doing the next so episode. Oh, yeah. So, so like that to me, because because I think um, probably on a technical level, J.J. Abrams is you know has done bigger films than Ryan Johnson, but Ryan Johnson to me has made more interesting films. Um, and so, and I, and I think Ryan Johnson is perfectly capable of doing a big, like he, I, I've listened to this dude's, he's a smart dude. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of oddly, I'm looking forward to the sequel because I think this will be a filmmaker if he can take the reins of this giant well, franchise. That's the thing. Like I've seen, we've all seen filmmakers we yeah. love jump into giant shoes with yeah, huge I, I companies. Yeah. I'm on board. I'm very excited. If, I felt like it was right to have someone like JJ do the yes, first 100%. one. 100%. 
and then a more innovative, artistic sort of. But that's but that's what I wanted out of this first film is someone who some a filmmaker to take the reins and make it their own. And you're and I get feel, that. But you're never going to get eight that with and nine. You're going to get yeah. that. I'm I'm well. We're hoping for it. And the a reason we're hope. interested is 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 Ryan Johnson. But but with J.J. Abrams, I. You know, but did you? But, mean, he, but he did that to me. He did that with Mission Impossible Three. Okay, so he you, took the reins of Mission Impossible right. and he made it his own. It was also a part three. Too. Yeah, but I he, think JJ after this is we're gonna start to learn what his style is. I feel like he needs, he's gonna I, be like, all right, I'm done with I, the I blockbuster want him, franchises. Yeah. Let me tell some of my own stories. Well, now. I think he tried that with Super Eight, and a lot of people like Super Eight. I felt it like it doesn't Super, stick the landing. It yeah, doesn't stick. It doesn't, I've seen thing. it before. Yeah, it didn't quite. I I would. I think J.J. Abrams has the capacity to be one of the greats. Sure. You know, like in terms of like big tentpole style films. I mean, he, you want to talk box office and you want to talk notoriety. He already is. I'm saying sort of in my heart of hearts. Right. Yeah. He's he's it's 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 an unfair comparison, but he's no Spielberg at this point. You know, and that's what we're all look. He's look, on his way in my book. Yeah. yeah. We're all looking for Spielberg. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. So I, I do. I, I agree with you. Freeman. He's the perfect choice for this for this. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Rian Johnson doing the first one would have been interesting. Yeah, maybe. Mm. It could but, have but been I, too much, too quick. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I feel like JJ uh, is the perfect balance of a tour that knows how to sort of do someone else's style. Plus, he can take the reins of a giant property, proven he's already done it. And I remember even when it first got announced that he was doing this, I had a little bit of nerd vitriol in me because I was like, one dude's going to be in charge of Star Trek and Star Wars. Right. Fuck that. Right. But like, no, it's a good it's a good move. Yeah. Um, let's move on to sort of more character discussions. Not so much um, uh, yelling at each other about plot points for, for <laughs> about 20 minutes, but. Uh, let's talk about not about the transformation so much of Kylo Ren. There's something I didn't. I mean, we'll get into the other characters soon. We'll just finish off with him right now. Um, some uh, spoiler alert for my brain. Uh, I don't like the actor who plays him, oh, Adam Driver. I yeah. thought he was brilliant. <laughs> I do you, I, you don't like him in general or in this? That's movie? my problem. Both. I don't like him in general and i don't know why because the the critical part of my brain knows he's a good actor i've seen him do quote good acting or great acting in some cases yeah, but in, uh, there's girls, something right? yeah there's something about him and this is totally on me this has nothing to this, this is a weird sort of sentence to say i just see him and he takes me out of every story he's involved in and it's not because he's <laughs> doing a bad job it's because there's something, and I don't know if it's his demeanor or the way he, he looks or, or or something, but something takes me out. So whenever he was wearing the mask, right, I was totally fine with it. I thought his voice was great. His uh, voice was awesome. The yeah. choice they used to make his voice sound that way was yeah. so brilliant. It was cool. Yeah. And, and the way and, he delivered yeah. his And it's nice uh, to come back brilliant. from a mask in a sort of Bane voice with like Bane voice 3.0 that really sort of made it, made yeah. it functional. But like he, after he took the mask off once, I had a hard time getting back into. I, th I and I, I I don't think that has to do with the actor so much as it as the story choice to because because take removing the mask diminishes Kylo Ren of his power. Did that get a laugh in the theater? By the way, for you guys, no, did it? It got a a little bit of giggles. I just but that has out. to do with his his role in pop culture I as just, being on girls. I just figured it out. It's his fucking hair. His hair is. He does look like like the thing about, and I think it's his character as well, is that he his character looks like a little kid dressing up. Yeah, you know, and and so when he takes off the mask, you see the little kid. 
and you suddenly realize that this is a little kid. And I, but I think that works for the character. It does. Then yeah. that plays into his like little tantrums. When yeah, he, sure. That shows his immaturity. Yeah, okay. I, I get. Yeah. So I, it, the taking the mask removes that power. And but it, it's odd because I did think that that was a smart choice as a deviation from what was done in a New Hope. Sure. You right. Know, like you. You so, see. So he's like, oh, no problem. Hey, yeah. you Again, want to talk to me? Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was interesting. I agree with all that. It's just a disposition that I have. And yeah. I, and, and, I and, love and, the way he played the character, the way he delivered, like when he was like, what girl? You know, just like how simple he delivered his mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. yeah. It was, it it's, was it's menacing right, without being menacing. And menacing, all, it, arrogance mixed with menace. Something so I really great. liked, and even when he was talking to the helmet of Darth Vader, like, you can tell this dude idolizes his grandfather. Like, he right. wants to fucking be him. He's dressed up like him. And you have to you have to think about the people in the First Order walking around being like, look at this fucking Darth Vader. Yeah, Lombie. I know this right, like, right. kid. Like, yeah. everyone's talking behind his back. You know it, being like, this fucking kid thinks he's Darth Vader. Right. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, but they're terrified. But, oh, yeah, they're fucking terrified. Because he could choke him they out. They won't say it to his face. Also, cool additions of the force powers. When he stopped the laser in the beginning, fuck oh, yes. yes. I did think that was cool. It, again, makes me question what the force does that and is. One of the I best like moments this. of my yeah, life. It was so fucking cool. <laughs> you just need to get around. out more. No, no, no. That was great. <laughs> yeah, to it was see so this good. again. Uh, <laughs> but that, yeah, where he Boom, slices <laughs> Max von seat out yep. and yeah. then quickly turns and, and it stays there mm-hmm. for five, ten minutes. I know, but it's like, does it does it stay there when he leaves? Or like, is it going to like fire? No, like, it does. And then Eventually, it shoots. Oh, really? When so he leaves, when he leaves, it shoots a, a, a like a, a a beam sort of thing, and it falls. Like it's hilarious. <laughs> as soon as he leaves, it just flies right yeah. into yeah. and blows something. Anyway, uh, let's talk about some of the other characters because they're not getting but their one due. One last thing. Oh no! And oh, no. a little bit of credit to Jess. Well, a lot of credit to Jess Tucker, sure. who pointed this out, reminded me of it too. Is that his? Did you realize what his name is when Solo? Oh no! Well, she actually is going to talk about that oh, in her okay. piece. So let's, All right, let's give her that yeah, credit. Well, yeah, yeah, we okay. will. Um, in fact, what, do we just want to talk about let's, that to end Kylo Ren and we'll yeah, talk yeah, about it? Yeah, let's, hear, let's yeah. hear from Jess. All right, here we go. Here's Jessica Tucker. All right, you guys, first things first. Let's talk about how Kylo Ren, a.k.a. Ben Solo, is named after the evil villain Ben Kenobi. I thought that was really great and fitting. <laughs> No, but all jokes aside, I really, really liked it. I thought the movie was a lot of fun. Um, I felt like from a filmmaking standpoint, visually, it was effortless. Um, Everything felt very organic. Um, There was no waving of, like, the CGI flag. Um, Like, look what we can do. Um, I felt like the nostalgia was evoked really creatively and wasn't done lazy or, like, forced. (laughs) Pun intended. Um... Also, I want to make a prediction that I think that um, Anakin will be resurrected, hopefully. Um, and Because I, I heard that Hayden Christensen is being cast in the next episode. And so I hope that it's for more than just flashbacks and that he's actually coming back. Um, <laughs> you know how I feel about the prequels. Also, this is a fun fact. So I did some Googling and I, I found out that the word Ren... Um, as in the Knights of Ren, Kylo Ren, is actually Japanese for Lotus. And there's actually another character whose name means Lotus, um, Padme in Sanskrit. Her name translates into Lotus. And so, obviously, like, I think that that's of no coincidence. And so I'm really excited to see what becomes of, like, the Knights of Ren slash Padme storyline. I think it'll be really cool. So, Jess Tucker, uh, here's an open invitation from the only podcast about movies. Please join us every episode to be our obscure, ab- obscure reference researcher. Yes, because that Girl is, is on amazing. fire. Or come join me, Jess Tucker. 
Come over to my side. Oh, no. That was so creepy. <laughs> my skin crawled. I used my creepy voice. <laughs> uh, no, that's amazing. Uh, well. lo- wait, so, and Kylo Ren is Padme's grandson as well, right? Yeah, because he's the daughter, yes, yep, he's yep, the yep, son yep, of yep, Leia. Yep, yep. So Lotus Lotus, someone had Wikipedia open when they wrote the screenplay. I'm impressed, and, and Juice Tucker found it for it's us. interesting to hear someone's take who's like experienced all the movies Re- recently, just recently in yeah, order yeah. how she connects way more to the all the whole story all yeah. six episodes yeah. than someone like myself who's completely ignoring three of them. <laughs> what do you do what about her prediction that Anakin's going to make a comeback? Um, maybe, maybe As not. In a flashback? It could be, be like, flashback. you know, like Ewan McGregor. Oh, technically no, I got in it. This. I Ooh, got it. Oh, yeah. I just figured it the fuck out. Oh, you remember God. all these goddamn force ghosts? He's going to have a moment at the Jedi Academy. Right. That's going to kind of maybe, maybe not. He didn't mean to like start Kylo down that a dark path, but he's going to sort of like bring something up as a force ghost or something. And that's going to trigger. Could him. be. But also know. Ewan McGregor was in this movie in the flashback when she touches the lightsaber. He whispers one thing. So oh, does right. he yeah. was cast and, in this movie and been uh, uh, Alec Guinness and Yoda oh. is yeah. in there, too. And Darth Vader. So it's like they were. Are they cast. cameos, though? They're just like pulling sound bites. From but it could be Anakin's. You know, that could be the yeah. rumor. Paychecks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but let, well, speaking of sp- sort of characters and lineage and that sort of thing, let's talk about the other two to th- 2.5, I would say, main players yeah. in yeah. this movie, not counting. And, oh, just real quick. It was awesome to see um, Carrie Fisher back as as Leia. Um, I also think, but like, again, that didn't really like blow my, my hair back particularly. Right. It was just a neat thing. But I will say her press tour. For this oh, movie yeah. is excellent. She's Carrie Fisher. A, don't give a shit about nothing. She's such a Carrie. fucking awesome. She's person. a hero. So yeah. I'm a real very, life hero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out of hilarious. all of these people, she's the most heroic. Postcards from the edge. Carrie Fisher is yeah. amazing. Okay, so but yeah, let's talk about the newbies. Let's talk Finn about the kids. Ray and and Poe and Poe. And I like how they all have nice simple names. Uh, right. Something I didn't pick up about Finn when I was drunk watching this the first time. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing. I noticed the main points when I was drunk. No idea how any character met each other. I just was like, mm-hmm. why? Okay, Han Solo's here now? I'm like, fuck, and then the thing, whatever. Uh, Finn, I love, I love, it's, this is a story trope that just always gets me when like a character that's just a number is given like a cool name based on like a little bit yeah. of their number by a cooler character. Mm-hmm. Like when when Poe gives him the name Finn because it's like FN number do 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 do. I loved that. Yeah. And I love that they became like best buddies. It was, that felt very Luke Han to me. I'm not like personally wise but the way that like they knew they'd be friends and right. they're so cool with being it calls friends back to what jess tucker was talking about in your new hope episode yeah. how the, it's a lot about friendships yep. and yeah. people loving each other and, and caring it, about each and other it was so nice to see the beginnings of that again in this yeah like, i feel like star the, wars it's a yeah. star wars movie yeah uh here we go <laughs> hey hey <laughs> well, since we're talking about friendship and joy why don't we bring our good friend Shakira in to tell us a little bit oh no there's a cloud over it i'm just gonna sip my i hate fun cup yep okay it's, it's a mug um uh i like finn i like the actor who plays him uh i think he was great in attack the block joe Bo- boyega um john joe john whatever um but I and, and I, I I agree that there is a genuine friendship in this film. Like I think Oscar Isaacs and and Finn seem like it feels real to me. I have a problem with Finn as a character because Finn to me 
feels like a character of convenience most of the time. He like pops up and drives the story forward whenever is required. You're talking about Poe or no, you're Finn, about Finn? Finn. Okay. So Finn like it follows Finn the entire time. I know, but he I I never felt like his 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 struggle with going from a number to a real human being didn't feel like a big transformation to me. He kind of just pulled yeah, off. He transforms right in the beginning. Yeah, he just pulls off the mask and then and then moves forward. And and like he let you know, like he's just a, to me. I like him a lot. I like the actor. I like I. He's very likable, but I just didn't buy this character that much. Like he lands in the middle of Jakku and then suddenly is embroiled in this like. Um, this plot with this with the um, with the map. He suddenly finds Ray. He's like, you know, he's on board the Millennium Falcon all of a sudden, and he wants to leave, but then he's part of the story. He picks up a lightsaber and can start fighting with it whenever he, you know, like without any training. I, I mean, look, I, I like him. Um, I like Oscar Isaac's. Look, I, I, I I've if, one I, if at I, time, one at a time. If I have any kind of man crush, it's on Oscar Isaac. I think I, I've loved Oscar Isaac as an actor. Free, but I love how he says if if I have any man. Okay, <laughs> Oscar Isaac's, please call in. <laughs> Um, but what's cool about this for me, for Oscar Isaac, uh, and his character Poe is, I don't think this is Oscar Isaac's best work as an actor. He's an amazing actor. Check him out in uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Check him out in, um, A Most Violent Year, Ex Machina. He's, he's a phenomenal actor. You know, he, he could be the Al Pacino of our time. Sure. What's. You know, and this isn't his best work by any chance, but he's such a movie star in and this movie. And he's having the most fun. Yeah, and a he's most a violent year. Great movie. Yeah, Check it, it was out. good. It's good. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, it was good. He's um, in that, right? Yeah. yeah, he's the main guy. But but <laughs> but in this, he's such a movie star. You know, like yeah. he's just you watch him, and you go, that's that's a, a guy. Pilot. Yeah, that's a guy who's gonna carry it's a movie. Harrison Ford in yeah. the trilogy. Yeah. Some yeah. sort of like, wow, this guy. So, is let, a movie but that Oscar and so Poe and Finn. I have a I have a like a personal thing where I feel Finn is a writer's device as opposed to a, a real character. Um, I, I can, I can see that point, but I, I Friedman, I want, what do you, what do you think about Finn before I sort of, well, I agree in that, uh, Finn, like that struggle of him, like tr- leaving, being a stormtrooper, mm-hmm. leaving the mm-hmm. Republic, uh, could have been its own movie, that yeah. whole struggle. Yeah. And it did happen pretty fast, but, I mean, and when the you know when the when the blood to. was on the mask, yeah. I was really like, oh, cool! This right. is I, I, the first I, time I you see anything never saw like blood. That. Yeah, and I and yeah. I was like, oh, the the idea of doing a single stormtrooper story that's amazing. I'm 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 on board for that. Right. But it just kind of it doesn't. His transformation pretty, happened very fast. It, it's 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 a writer's beat, and it happens, yeah. and it's done with. But you it know? kind of when you see the whole film, it kind of needed to. It, it does build, uh, yeah. But it didn't take me out of the film. It was just like, oh, cool. There's a stormtrooper who uh, we never saw a stormtrooper have any emotions. Yeah. So to see, even when we saw the New Zealand guy cloned a million times, they yeah. really had emotions. I was like, wait, what happened to the, what happened to all the well, Timur like Morrison? They, they bring that up. Yeah, a little the, bit. The clones just like, are bitter. They, they probably right. should use clones. Instead, right. they're using actual humans that they can brainwash since yeah. birth. And something I liked, too, it kind of gave a story beat as to why he was like, for whatever reason, the conditioning wasn't taking and he was scheduled to go back to mm. reconditioning. And then he said, fuck it and right. rescued uh, Poe right. uh, to get off. the. But thing. that his, was his first battle, too. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first time he was ever because that was his first mission. 
and I think they portray that well with like the drop ship and sort of the Normandy nervousness yeah. and but yeah and then just the only thing about it though is that if his transformation is so easy why aren't like more stormtroopers defecting I mean that's a minor thing for me mm -hmm. like maybe we don't know if they are we don't yeah, know they, the, the, they could be the defection yeah. rates of these <laughs> things like who the who knows I don't know yeah um and I like the fact you're you're right he is a writer's device but. Again, coming, I got to go back to Nerd Town and talk about sort of like when you have a story, you need to bring just three or four totally different characters together. You kind of need that. And to make that writer's device, make that person likable. Like, look, is he super necessary to the overall plot? No, but he's he's the person's in to the story. Like uh, Gatsby book, yeah, not the movie. Uh, Caraway. Nick Caraway is not important to any of the story, but he's the surrogate person for the audience. That's yeah. what this guy is. So, and he has legitimate great interactions with with Poe and with with Ray, who Ray not disagreeing with that. And and Poe's just awesome. I think. I mean, do you have anything you want to say about Poe other than he's uh, Poe and Finn are awesome? Yeah, they're they feel like Star Wars characters, yes. and we met them, and they met each other. Yep, and they're off on their adventures. And yeah. then we have Miss Ray. Uh, she's got this whole Kira Knightley thing going for her. Yep. Um, I think I think she. Um, you know, handles herself really well as a character, you know, and, and as a character, I'm, I'm, I'm compelled by her. I think sure. she's really interesting. You know, like that's the thing. She feels interesting and unique and, and, you know, she, I feel like there's a, there's a world to this character mm -hmm. that is hinted upon that feels real, you know, and it's not just, it's not just driving us from one place sure, to the sure, other. Sure. Um, I, I'm, you know, like my, my earlier problem uh, about a film introducing a character's, um, story points and not fulfilling them, you know. So like this thing that happens when she touches a lightsaber, right? And her backstory, I kind of get a little, yeah. I, you know, like follow through or do something well, else. With all, her. Again, all unanswered that excites me for the next one and right. the one after that. I have a problem. So many unanswered questions with her in a good way. Yeah, mm. I and they are the mm. one thing that I had that was sort of shitty. You want to talk about writer's device? Is the fact that Luke's lightsaber is in that bar that that yeah. Han Solo goes to? Right. It's in the basement. Yeah. That to me, that was the only moment in this movie where I was like, come on. Mm. Like that was the only moment where I felt convenience took took mm. precedent over story. Right. right. Uh every other time I felt like again They do address that though, if you remember. What do they say? Uh, they, but they address it by not addressing it. She says, <laughs> I've remember the Lupita Nyongo? Yeah. She I've had this for years, and I think it's Han says, like how did you get this? And she says, that's a story for another time. Right. So it's addressed. <laughs> they, they at least acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. But I already, but by that point, I was already kind of irked by it. Right, right. And yeah. they fixed it. They, I was like, okay. Because also the Millennium Falcon is right where they are also mm. on Jakku. Right. Because it got, to, yeah. But like, yeah. it's funny. That, but that didn't bother me so much because, you know what I think it was? The reveals of both the lightsaber and the and the Millennium Falcon. That's something that surprised me. The legitimate like, what about that one? That was yeah, a piece yeah. of junk. We got to take this one. Oh, right. okay. Such a throwaway line. Yeah. And then like, go for the piece of junk. And you run and it's the fucking Millennium Falcon. And that was the first like little thing. And I don't know if you had the same reaction to that moment. I, I like that. I think it's a good moment. It like, was it's, so yeah. fun. Um, but the lightsaber moment felt a little just it felt cheaper than that to me. Yeah. And I think this is the for me, this was the point where the the story machinations were kind of like starting to fall into place and where I started like losing my track on this movie. Well the 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 fun the, the thing about the um the and, and, and Ray in a, general. Sorry. Oh, sorry, no, no, you wanna I just wanted to say I have a, I have another overall theory that justifies why the lightsaber is there. Please do. Because <laughs> I'm gonna talk about something else about Ray that bugs me, but 
if you look at the movie as a whole, including yes. the ending, which was my favorite part of the whole yeah. thing, um, in a way, the the whole movie is about the lightsaber and the force making its way back to Luke. So it's like, did Ray find the lightsaber, or did the lightsaber and the force bring Ray to sure. it? And that's a completely legitimate sort of argument from it. Um, I don't think if that's the way that they're going, if that's sort of how it's went, at least in this movie, it doesn't point in that direction to me right. straight up. Which I and, get what you're saying. And too. that's it's an like, awesome. Oh, right I, I I hope that that's it. Like, I hope that later on that becomes more clear. And like, yeah, like that's how. And maybe Luke says something ominous or something like that. that it's sort of it's strange it as well. Like uh, in none of the prequels of the original trilogy did did an object like that imbue uh, metaphysical yep. powers. But I like that. That's something that I really enjoy about lightsabers in this new sort of episode seven world is like even, and I don't know the story behind Kylo Ren's uh, lightsaber, but I imagine it's broken Darth Vader's like, cause it's all like dilapidated. Like he probably repaired it to the best of his ability. And that's right. what it is. Um, the thing that bugged, the only thing that bugged me about Ray and everything about her was really great. I loved her interactions with Poe, uh, not Poe, with, with Ooh, Finn, Finn so much. Like, don't hold my hand. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, yeah, like, I thought so it was great. Yeah. great, great. Um, but when she's chained up or tied up or clamped up or whatever the fuck it is, and she does the Jedi mind trick. Yeah, to Daniel Craig. Was it Daniel Craig? Yeah. So good. God bless you, Daniel Craig. <laughs> that's good, but also not good because it changes that scene to, oh, did you know that's Daniel Craig instead of this scene that I thought was great. Well, but, but like, I don't like that scene because where she, where maybe please, if, I'd love you to make me like this scene again. Where did she learn how to fucking do that? Where well, did she this is what like is the, you were talking yeah. about. This is for the that was for the fans. Yeah. That was for us. That no, was, no, but and there's an and, and but it's also in the instinct. That's what I don't think it's bad because she has this instinct that she doesn't understand, and that's why the the, the movie's called Force Awakening. And, it, and it's it's of course. I mean, of course. I've read it's online, awakening in her. She doesn't. It's instinct. It's just like okay. No, no. Well, I've also read online that that you know when she touches the lightsaber for the first time. Um, you know, because the the big overarching theory with Ray is that she's Luke's daughter, which I don't think right. she is, right. or Kylo's and, twin sister, or something like yeah. that. But 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 so she's related in some way. She's not just a random character I... Be because and and I think the film points to this as well. You know, you could it's it's certainly easy to read it this way because <laughs> because she's always talking about her family coming back. Yeah. We see a flash. We see a flashback of um, you know when when she when the Force awakens supposedly in her. We see a flashback of her on right. uh, on the planet, and it seems to be uh, a flashback's having to do with Luke, and all of a sudden she's in it. So it, I think the text points to this being. But I think this the is case. Their, I think this is what they want us to think. I and think they, that's and, and I'm sure the they could go any. It's going to be Kenobi's daughter or granddaughter. Sorry, I think. I think sure it Kylo's could, sister, either, Han and Leia's other. Either way, other. she's I not. I hope not. I really hope that's not true. And they were separated. But then that's the same, like... But then why doesn't Han recognize her, or why doesn't, does. Leia, why doesn't Leia recognize her? I think they both do. I think that's why he wants her aboard, to, you want to come work on my ship? Here, take this gun. I feel like if that's true, that cheapens Rey so fucking much. Like, I don't, and I don't want, it's, it's almost like Death Star, fourth Death Star fool me. What, like, we're going to have another story about fucking twins? Like, we don't... Well, that's what's making me think it. Because I, I know, know there's but a, I, I hope there's I, a like a story that takes place after about Han and Leia having twin kids that oh, are mean, Jedi's. You mean the extended universe? Yeah, That's that fine. I don't really know about. I've only heard that, that they've thrown out the window completely for for continuity wise. Though JJ it, has taken a couple different exactly. things, like they've taken Ben exactly. Ben, they Kylo borrow yeah. from it. 
I I hope that's not the case. But um, okay, so that's that's the the, the three the three manies. Because um, there's another hint to it is when I don't know the name of the character, the Lupita Nyong'o with yeah. the glasses. Yeah. yeah, she says to to Han when after uh after Ray gets up and leaves the table when mm-hmm. they're at that place, she says, "So who's the girl?" And then it cuts away. You don't hear Han's answer. And then it cuts to Ray going down to the lightsaber. And then the next thing we see is Lupita Nyong'o's character down there going to look for her. So whatever Han said to her could have been. And then she's like, oh, my God, the force, the lightsaber's down there. It, of course, she's I hope to it's it. fucking Ben. This Kenobi's is this is that right thing we, we've been talking about a lot is that is that Star Wars has a lot of room for inference. You know, it's a lot of yeah. room for you to, like, make up your own stories. I think that's and, a strength. Which I love about it. Which is that's what hooked me into it as a kid, and which is why I'm into it as an adult. Right. Anyway, okay. we have one more. We got one more person to hear from. Shahir, you wanna you wanna you wanna introduce him? Okay, so this is uh, Eric Kesak, uh, who is a friend of the show, friend of mine. Uh, he is a fantastic filmmaker. Um, if you can check out his film, The Gunfighter, online, it was a viral hit. Had Nick Offerman in it, in it doing a voice. It's a uh, uh, Awesome. Um, he's done a couple of other short films as well. He's also an editor of films you've probably seen, like Horrible Bosses 2, The Dictator, and Daddy's Home, which is coming out right now. Uh, but other than that, he is a Star Wars fan and was going to join us, but we... Uh, we have too many guests. We have too we many have guests. too many friends. We have too many guests, so we couldn't quite slot him in. Be jealous, internet. But we got him in for this. All right. Eric, take it away. So I definitely enjoyed Star Wars. I mean, obviously, there are so many amazing things about it. Um, I thought, you know, it was incredibly slick. Some great characters. I thought Daisy Ridley did an amazing job. Um, I could talk a while about the things that I liked, but the thing that I'm left with is the thing that I don't like, which is a little bit unfair because I'm basically comparing it to the first movie, which has one of the greatest endings of all time, you know, one of the best examples of tying resolution and and theme together. Uh, The Force Awakens felt pretty thin in that area. I didn't really feel like any character made a choice that affected the resolution. And granted, you know, you don't have to have that for a movie to be satisfying, but I think the movies that sort of feel magical are the ones that actually do manage to pull off that kind of trick. And for me, this didn't do it. It felt a little rote by the end. You know, I sort of knew that, you know... Poe would make it through and destroy the Star Killer. It, it just—it seemed expected, um, and I think part of that is because those character issues had basically been resolved. So that's my guy, Eric. I think. Thank I th- you, Eric. Yeah, thanks, Eric. And I—I I think he's—it's probably around a slightly different area, but he's pointing at things that I kind of agree with as well. Is which, he pointing to something that we should get to in this podcast because we've got almost an hour and a half? The ending? <laughs> the ending. He's pointing to the ending, but he's also pointing to the fact that 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 the film just kind of resolves. It just kind of ends and feels... I, I really like his point that 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 it doesn't feel like the characters are driving the story towards the end. Sure, sure. Uh, and I, and I he's, see that. He's, yeah, he's talking about an ending that actually isn't the ending. The ending <laughs> is what happens after what he's talking about. Right. Which was my absolute favorite part of the entire film. What is that? Well, <laughs> uh, well, one tiny criticism I have is what? It's like 
Eric's when they get that with the map. It's like, oh, here's the map and here's the piece. Let's go find Luke. <laughs> yeah, R2-D2's <laughs> just been sitting there the whole time. Well, that yeah. I can explain a little bit. They said you, he was shut down until Luke would return. Low power mode. But what made him wake up was when Ray gets there. So that can prove some some kind of connection. But wasn't to Ray bef- there before? No, oh, when no, Ray arrived, he woke, up. he woke up. I so that, show, that could be a clue to some kind of connection to Luke. Or Ben. Or Ben. Guess yeah. we'll just have to wait for another movie. Yes, Shahir, we're going to have to wait for more fun. I'm sorry this amount of fun wasn't enough for you to hate, but don't worry, there's more fun for you to hate coming up in two and four years. Good. Ah, uh, good. But I cut you off with my excitement about the ending. I'm sorry. No, no. Were you going to react to something that he said? Uh, no, I mean, it was. it's kind of like sort of what you said, that he's talking about the ending before the ending. And yeah. I do agree with him. It 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 has no... I, I never doubted that Poe was going to save the day or, or any of them were really going to save the day. Um, the, the big moments are, and I'm not, this is not an invite to talk about it again, Han's death. And, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, the very ending, which you're talking about, which is when Ray uses the map to go find right. Luke Skywalker. But the, the, the creative choice to when she gets there to have no words spoken and just an outstretched arm returning the lightsaber to mm-hmm. him that. Oh, that put the whole thing over the top for yeah. me as being an amazing movie. No, it was great. And it which was... sort of solidified like, wow, this might be a whole journey to just get his lightsaber back to him. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? You know what's interesting, too? I, I, I think to the strength of this movie, when I watched it, either shit-faced out of my fucking gourd <laughs> or the time when I remember it, uh, I never once, and this is a strength of the movie, thought to myself, where the fuck is Luke? Right. Right. Because they made it like the plot point and that's the people, MacGuffin of the yeah, film. We're talking about it. So I, I never even thought about where he was. It was kind of weird. Like I, it was great that they did that. So I wasn't worried about where yeah. Luke was. I got excited once they blew up a fourth Death Star. The, same <laughs> the ninth Death Star went down. Once they got back, I was, I started getting excited being like, we're going to see Luke now. Right. I know we're going to see Luke. Right. Now. This is exciting. I, how are they going to handle this? What's going to happen? And and I didn't know up until the directed by Jay, Jay Abrams popped up yep. how they were going to handle it. And it was just so perfect to me. The look on her face and his face with his fake hand pulling his hood down, yep. dressed yep. like Obi-Wan in A New Hope with his beard, yep. older. And she's just like confidently just like outstretching her arm with a lot of emotion. Like, I believe this belongs to you. And yeah. he's like, what the fuck? But it, Sorry, isn't he, isn't he like controlling everything that's happened? Oh no, he didn't wake up. Uh, he didn't wake up R two D two, right? No, right. So I, I, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a good I, moment. It's I can good... see how it wouldn't have gravitas for someone who doesn't really care. Well, I just don't. I don't know <laughs> yes. what what Luke's <laughs> as role, most things are. In life. <laughs> what Luke's role is in this? You know, like what what does it mean that Luke has been found? I'd be well, really. Interested. He, I assume he in the next one he's gonna train her. Put her in her training to be an official Jedi, and he's going to take over that Obi Wan role. She's going to take over that Luke role, and we're going to get Empire. I again. see the moment, and I understand it, but I just couldn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, it was a, it was a nice <laughs> it was a nice way to end out the film, sure, and I and sure. I think it was nice not to have Mark Hamill talk, and it was and it was cheaper or her. Yeah. She doesn't say a word either. Uh, yeah, and and it, and you know, and one <laughs> other thing that this film does that the prequels all didn't do, and we've all agreed upon it. Is that it's a real location. It feels yeah. real tactile. Yes. I do have a question about that real location. Does he just stand there every day and like wait and be uh, like, I, I feel like didn't he, he knew she was his here. force I, senses were tingling and he I just came like, out like, there. Day 297. Ray didn't show up yet. <laughs> yeah. Guess I'll just meditate.
meditate more. Yeah, on the other side of that rock is like a big wall of scratches. Yep. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, she made a nice big wall of scratches. Yeah, right? she, yeah she did. I had a huge, as you, I'm sure you can tell, just a huge emotional connection. Uh, uh, the, ter- the technical term is called nerdgasm. I had a nerdgasm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I had a nerdgasm, definitely, in that moment. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was a great moment. And uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot. And I liked the, the you know, the the full circle and the cats in the cradle and the <laughs> like that whole fucking shit. Ray's daughter's great. back on the but moon. But it's also like <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, yeah. there is Luke Skywalker. I know. We've not seen you in 32 years. Yeah. Uh, like we've seen all the others in, in the trailers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this was like really special. It was a great moment. A special reveal of like there is Luke Skywalker. Although there was like a you know Empire magazine, I think had a there cover was, yes. with, with Luke Skywalker. Empire Strikes Back yeah, magazine. That was a major spoiler. No, because, he was on. A, I was on the cover, and it was like. Yeah. And then he, you know, he turns up in the film in like the last frame. Right. And he's like, yeah. So that, know, that turned out to be a major spoiler. Something of what he looked like. Yeah. But. Something that uh, I, I question. We've been talking about as a theme throughout this, just sort of as we're wrapping up here, is the fact that like this film for a generation will be the first star Wars movie. They kind of really see some kids. I mean, of course, you know, so, uh, I'm just always interested and in maybe the future Jess Tuckers of the world will be able to tell us this, uh, in a couple of years, but like when, join us, Jess. yeah, I know. Uh, join when, me. when, uh, when they see this and they see this whole talk about Luke Skywalker and like, they're not going to have that visceral feeling that we did. Right. Because they've never seen him. Yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, so I wonder about that, but I mean, I, as a story MacGuffin, it, it, I just, I just feel like coming from a place of not knowing who Luke Skywalker is, mm. that moment is meaningless and cheap. It, it, it's not for us, and I and it's not meant. I don't think for the new generation. Like I think the new generation might. That's the first time they've seen a Death Star blow up. I mean, hell, that's right. a baptism in fire right there. Yeah. But like, it's I just a sort of an interesting. Like, I'm I'm very curious if like these kids have seen, uh, the Clone Wars, Rebels, right. and now this. Was Luke Those in the Clone Wars? were meant for the these kids. Of course. Yeah. This was meant for us. This was meant for me. You know, this yeah, movie 100%. was, the prequels were meant for kids, the millennials or <laughs> whoever was before the millennials. This movie is appeals to the f- true fans of the original trilogy. And by doing that, you also give credit to millennials and younger people. Yeah. That you don't have to appeal to them all the time, that they're smart enough to... If they're interested, they'll go back and they'll figure it out. Yeah, and watch the others and and get into it. Yeah, or not, or not. You don't have. I to. mean, Shahir's Shahir's kid. Oh man, what if you, what if Star Wars is his favorite movie? Oh man, I I mean, look, I'm gonna do everything in my evil power. Yeah. to ensure that it's that that it's not. But <laughs> no, well, look, the the thing is, you can never fault anyone for having a good time. So if you're having a good time at this movie. Kudos to you. Right. My, I'm going to remind you that you said that forever. <laughs> and that's also what it's really all about. But but I guess my, and this will, I guess will be my final thoughts on the film, is that is I felt like this was a film that was trying to convince me that the Star Wars universe is cool and look at all these cool things that we're doing and, and look, hey, there's Han and there's some new guys and then here's the Millennium Falcon and there's a new Death Star and here's the other thing and Luke's in this as well. Uh, and so, and that's fine. I, you know, like it's a slick enough, pro- it, you know, the prequels unfortunately had the, the, un- the major problem, which was that they were poorly made, poorly written, long and drawn out and boring, but they were trying to do something different with the Star Wars universe. Sure. And I do terribly watching. Yeah. Terribly. Yeah. You're right. 100% correct. But like watching 
Star Wars The Force Awakens, I kind of, it gives me a sense of appreciation for the ambition of the prequel. Certainly not the execution. And what happened with them, yes. Yeah, certainly not the execution. There's no way I'm going to be an apologist for the prequels in any way, shape, or form. But, so, so, I, the only reason I'm curious for the sequel is the director. Right. Uh, and I do want someone to take the reins of this franchise and not just regurgitate a new hope right. or regurgitate a new series. I want, right. I, you know, for me to stay invested in this, I really need someone to like give me something different. Sure. I'm with you on that yeah. for, for the next one. Yeah. You know, and, and it I, needs and, to be more original for the next one. But for this one, I felt it was a perfect And and, and, I, and I will, I will think of it this way. Um, Batman. Yes. The Tim Burton Batmans versus the, the Chris Nolan Batmans. Uh, for all the problems of Chris Nolan's Batmans, when I watched that first film, which I still think is really problematic, I was still taken by a filmmaker taking that material and redoing it in a whole new way sure, and taking sure, sure, the sure. reins of it. Um, I don't feel like that happened in this case. No. But it's but like Ivan said, it's going to make a gajillion dollars. There's going to be so many toys being out there. I just I, I I think back to the Charles Bukowski quote, which is that it's going to have more influence on our society than mostly anything else, and it has no soul. I would say, <laughs> and I'll let I'm going to let Freeman have the last word on this before we finish. But in my final thought, just sort of connecting to yours, um, <clears throat> it it absolutely has a soul. But it's an old soul. It's a soul that we've experienced before, and it's 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 using it to great use in this film. Uh, but there is a hundred percent a soul. It may not be a brand new one that you've kind of you know never seen before. But there, this movie's got some fucking soul, and it's got a pedigreed motherfucking soul. Uh, it's I had a great time at the movie when I remembered it the second time, <laughs> uh, and it 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 um. Again, it's 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 sticking with me in a different way. It's not making me in in like normal films that like sort of like get me thinking about like it, it makes me think about different shit. And it's making me more interested in the universe it builds and that it's it's building. And the the, the previous like I think that's the strength of Star Wars. We've talked about it before. The inference that we can all put on it and the and the ooh what if what if this is it? I mean, half of the podcast is like it's gonna be raised fucking fathers this or whatever. Yeah. So like. Not a lot of franchises in in novels or in uh, in 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 movies or video games or anything can can get that sort of like passion about people trying to figure shit out. I mean, Game of Thrones is kind of close now, but I mean, it's not no nearly the pedigree of, of Star Wars. Uh, I'm talking about length of time, not you know. It depends on your thing, but like I'm saying, like from people trying to figure out what's going to happen based on knowledge that they have of current, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, product available. Mm-hmm. This movie makes you, if if this is your cup of tea, really makes you interested and makes you start questioning and, and, and talking with your friends again and really having a nice sort of dialogue about like what what could happen in, in the future of this. And that really got me excited. So I was very happy to see it. Uh, Friedman, take yeah. us away. Well, I guess I could just use the soul <laughs> analogy. <laughs> There's To me, the original trilogy has a, a huge soul that connects with my soul. And then when the prequels came out and even the updated crap in the yeah. in the originals came out, it started beating that soul up and insulting it and throwing it in a closet and locking it away and making it painful. And uh, this movie uh, 
brought that soul back to me. That soul <laughs> is back. He's inside me. He's back in the theater, or she, back in the theater, <laughs> awoken. And thank God for John Williams. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, guys, this has been the only podcast about episode seven, The Force Awakens. Let's never talk about Star Wars until two years from now. One year, because <laughs> we'll talk about the thing. But guys, I, I, Friedman, thank you so much for taking the time I to, loved it. to come thank out you. and talk about it. And I know, I know, you know, you have many choices in your only movie podcast, and I appreciate that you chose us. The only movie podcast. Uh, the only one available. That's Please don't about this. look on the internet for the words podcasts, oh, and Star Wars, I uh, know that this is the movies. Only one. There's no reason to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Friedman, uh, let's talk real quick. Uh, what What's going on? Did you have anything you want to plug? Or do you, well, do I you can have... plug my one like foray into the Star Wars universe. I made a video called um, uh, Heart of Hearing Vader. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, that you can see on YouTube. It. If you search for "hard of hearing Vader," it's it's basically uh, Darth Vader can't hear anything. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? That's fantastic. It's wonderful. But no, uh, Twitter or anything like that. Jeff? My Twitter is my last name, and my first name, Friedman John. The John has no H in it. Friedman Word. John. Cool. And uh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Shahir, where can people find you? People can find me at www.shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. Um, and don't forget to write into the podcast. Uh, email us your thoughts, comments, feelings, general sensations running through your body. Did you see how we played people's <laughs> opinions of movies on the show? That could be you, motherfucker. <laughs> you should send us a minute or less of some some of your thoughts about any any movie that you hear coming up, and maybe it'll even inspire us to do a whole podcast about it. Oh, but but. We we won't call you motherfucker on the air. I will. We'll, we'll do it off the air, but no, no. not. I'll, uh, you're, 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 you're my motherfucker. Here's your life. incentive. You can be called a motherfucker in the Kroll voice by Matthew Kroll. Oh, God. Uh, email us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com, Twitter at onlymoviepod. Our Facebook page is ready there. One day we'll have a website. That's true. And you can find me at www.matthewkrollkrol.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z and Emperor MSK on Twitter. Uh, guys, thank you so much for the dialogue. We went a little over. Sorry, not sorry. I guess the only thing left to say after our seven episode arc of Star Wars is may the force be with you. 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 We nailed it. <laughs>